What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Friday, January 12th, 20 and 24, and the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock this morning on today's show. Did Steve Sarkeesian let us all know that he is staying at Texas? Plus, Quinn Ewers did let us all know that he is staying at Texas. We will also preview Super Wild Card Weekend of the NFL playoffs, which gets going tomorrow. Jory Epstein from Yahoo Sports will join us at 9.30 to talk all things NFL. And, of course, we'll have plenty of fun on a Friday, and we will give our NFL playoff predictions, too, before we get out of here at 10 o'clock. A lot to get into this morning. Happy Friday, Buck. Same to you, buddy. Happy Friday to you and to all you folks out there. And good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you for what you do. It is appreciated. And please do be safe, you and your families out there. It is cold and it is windy. Yeah, and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Only going to get worse. Not going to get any better until the middle of next week, so. Here it comes. Here it comes. Is there a chance it's snow next week? Uh, Well, there's one day where it's, I think it stays below freezing in the day and at night. That's the one that scares me the most. So I don't, other than that, when you're getting to 50s, I think you're you're still okay. I hope. Mm. I am am preparing, you know, as soon as we get off in the mornings, I've prepared and got my little heaters ready. Got my got the, all the wires ready to go. Got a guy coming up, put the coils around here. No, I did not pay for that four hundred dollar Granger wrap. I ended up getting a little kit from um, Home Depot that was less than a hundred dollars, and you wrap the CBC pipe, and that'll do it right there. So I am good to. I'm kind of good to go. You're ready. I'm 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 ready. Oh, not totally ready for if the power goes out. I'm not ready for that because. My guy who's supposed to put the propane tank in is still having another week of vacation where it's warm, probably in Jamaica somewhere. Mm. He's got another week to go. So I can't have this be the catastrophic, you know, February that we get for like three days over the last two years. I can't have that happen in January. I need that if it's going to happen. Give me a couple of weeks from now. Not now, though. Yeah, because if that happens now, we're all going to be worried that it's going to happen again. Oh, no. If it happens now, yeah, we're going to be worried about having it in February and March and everything else. No, we need this one to just be two cold days and then move back into the 50s and 60s. That's what we need. But no precipitation. We don't need – what we don't need is any evening rains that out here, out in the sticks where I live, out in the hamlet of, uh, uh, you know, in this this dripping – Did you forget where you live? No, no, in this dripping springs area because I have to include Blanco and everything else. That's why I called it a hamlet. So I've got to be careful because all the wiring is up top on these old ass poles that look like they're ready to fall anyway. They don't yeah. look like they need much to to push them over. You know, you're a city slicker down there in Oak Hill, so everything you probably got is underground still. No, yeah, I live in an old ass apartment. I got a hunch I'm in trouble. <laughs> you're leaving, <laughs> but you're leaving town, so make sure you do some things now. You know, you got some things you got to do. 
Yep. I got to ask you and the people for some flight advice because we've had a number of different what? terrifying flight stories over the last few days. And uh, I'm getting on an airplane a little bit later this afternoon. So See, you're praying before getting on the flight because once once you go down the runway, it's out of your hands. Normally, I just pray for a safe flight, but now I got to pray that no one shits themselves. I got to pray that part of the plane doesn't fly off the side of the plane. Yeah. I got to pray that there's no Instagram model calling me a bum. Like uh, the praying has gone to another level. My prayer used to take like 30 seconds. Now I'm going to spend 25 minutes oh, yeah. praying for stuff on the air. No altercations with you and passengers on the plane. Oh, oh man. I know it's, it's, it's like that now, you know, generally it's like, please good weather. And let's not have anything wrong with the plane. Now it's, you got to deal with the people in the plane. Yeah. I'm more worried about that than the weather. I think these days I'll take some turbulence. What I can't take is the smell of shit. <laughs> I got a decently long flight flying to San Francisco oh, uh, later today. So I'll be sitting on that thing for a while. I cannot deal with the, aura of crap for as for the as for the emergency porta potty to for anybody that needs it so they pull a string and it comes down the aisle <laughs> pull it, just keep pulling pull that rope that will never be a thing it's uh, got to be a thing it's got to be how hard thing. you try that will never i be want that to be a thing, thing so bad oh, so, man. so so badly but well yeah good luck on your on your on your travels this weekend Thank i am you. going to stay I'm going to stay bundled up, I think. Okay, there you go. We've got a long weekend. No TSU programming on Monday. First time in my first time in my life in in the broadcasting business that I did not work on a MLK Monday. There we go. I'll, and uh, I'll have to join Trey and uh, Zay as they march together holding hands on Monday. <laughs> well, that will be at the Gay Pride Parade. That oh, will have okay. nothing to do with Dr. <laughs> King Day. Oh, okay. That will be something else that those two gumbros are doing. <laughs> gum bros. Uh, that's what we're calling them now. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, the Monday weather, last comment on weather before we really dive into sports and get into some of the other stuff we have planned today. Uh, high of 32, low of 23. Yeah, that's I'm, the one. I'm seeing a 30% chance of snow. And you know what they say, Buck? I've been dreaming of a white Martin Luther King Day. Wow. I actually don't know if anyone has ever said that, but that's Monday's that. Monday's that, that night end day, huh? Wow. That's, yeah. That's the day you were talking about. The lowest low we have next week is 16. That's on Tuesday, but the high that day is 34. So hopefully we'll at least get a little bit above freezing for part of Tuesday. And I think we're going to be doing a show at Sue Patrick Tuesday morning. So Ooh, yeah, baby. Say a prayer for us on that deal. Uh, right by the door. See ya. Open up the door. We're right there. Just like that. Be nice and chilly for that one. But, uh, yeah, a white MLK day could be uh, coming on Monday. And well, the irony of that uh, would not be good. No, just get, get yourself prepared for all this stuff. You know, there's just some little things you can do to prevent things, and especially when you're only going to have a couple days of it. It's not like you're going to have a week of it. Just, But you don't, want, you, don't want to, you don't want anything. You don't want any of your pipes cracking while you're gone for sure. And it just takes a little bit. That little drip stuff works, you know, opening up the cabinets in your in your kitchen area by your sink. That that'll work too, because I know you'll all have your heat up to like 85. Mm-hmm. 
I won't. I'll save everybody because I'll be out of town. I'll, That's I'll right. You're not leaving you. that thing. No. So if ERCOT messes up this weekend, you can't blame me. I'll be doing my part. There you go. For sure. All right. Keep the uh, text coming. 512-222-9328. That's the uh, code of text line number. So I try to log in to make sure I can read those texts. Also hit us up on the YouTube comment line as well. All right, Buck. So yesterday we spent a lot of time talking about the news that Nick Saban had announced his retirement at the University of Alabama. That news dropped Wednesday afternoon. And, of course, you had a number of prominent coaches in the world of football uh, announced that they were leaving, right? Bill Belichick, oh, yeah. in New England, Pete Carroll in Seattle, but, of course, Nick Saban at Alabama, a huge one in the world of college football. And, you know, when we left yesterday, we hadn't really heard anything from Steve Sarkeesian about his future. And, hell, I hopped on the afternoon show with Trey yesterday, and by the time we got off the air at 5 o'clock, we still hadn't heard anything from Steve Sarkeesian or the University of Texas about Sark's future, right? There were rumors that right after the season ended, Chris Del Conte was working on a contract extension for Steve Sarkeesian, which you've been all over that. We've all expected that to happen at some point, but some Texas fans, myself included, freaked out a little bit because of the relationship that Steve Sarkeesian has with Nick Saban and the relationship he has with the University of Alabama. Like The longer we went without anybody saying anything in regards to Sark's future in Austin, the more nervous I got that there might be something going on that we don't want to go on. Well, Last night at 10.50 p.m., I'm sure you were sound asleep at this point. Yes, I well, maybe not sound asleep, but I was attempting to go to sleep. Wow, wow. You're in bed at this point. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian tweeted this out from his Twitter account, at Coach Sark. Hashtag hook em, hashtag all gas, no breaks, and then a picture that reads, it's a great day to be a Longhorn. So I see this. And this tells me that Steve Sarkeesian is staying at Texas. And it also tells me that, yeah, he's probably agreed to a contract extension. Yes. We're going to find out about all of that very, very soon. Yeah, that I mean, that's all the indications right there. All you had to see, it's a great day to be a Longhorn. That's, that's good news for Longhorn fans right there. That's good news to, to get your coach all wrapped up. I, I don't know if it's signed on a dotted line, but in, in a handshake or by word, it's out there. He'll be staying at Texas. Because it, it it had to be a, a scary thing for for you know Chris Del Conte and administrators that you know this guy's name was this guy's been mentioned before he even got here you know when he was with Nick Saban that they they liked everything he was about I mean they liked the way he they liked the way he coached they liked his demeanor you know they gave him his second chance and I I think Alabama thought that this was going to be they I don't know if they expected him to win as quick as he did at Texas they they thought that. I, I believe they thought that if even Sark could just – if he could win a Big 12 championship, if he could have a 10-win season, that he would be the next in line. And I got to believe if he said, yes, I'm very interested, I, I think all those other candidates – I don't think there was another candidate that would have been in front of him except for the guy from Oregon. That's it. And I don't even know if that guy would have been in front of him. I, I just think it would have been Sark all to himself if he wanted that job at Alabama. I'm with you, man. Like, I think there's a 100% chance that Alabama called Steve Sarkeesian to gauge his interest in the gig. But and that may have been early. 
That may have been earlier, right? That could have been before Nick Saban actually told the world that he was leaving. I mean, this thing has maybe been uh, happening at Alabama for months, right? Nick right. Saban could have told the powers that be in Tuscaloosa that this was going to be his final year back sure. in the offseason. So you're right. Yeah, maybe uh, Alabama's people were talking to Sark's people months ago to gauge that interest. But uh, obviously, once the news officially dropped a couple of days ago, and it was like, okay, what's happening here? What's going on? I know Sark got at least one call. And my guess is Sark was the first call Alabama made. Yeah, like, I got to believe so. I, I know Dan Lanning's done a good job in his couple of years at Oregon, but he's never won a conference championship. No. He's never made a college football playoff. And obviously, he doesn't have any ties to, uh, like, I, I guess he's been at Alabama before. But Steve Sarkeesian was the offensive coordinator for a national championship winning team at Alabama. And right. he's got a great relationship with Nick Saban. So you would think Nick Saban would absolutely give his blessing to Steve Sarkeesian to be his successor. There. Yeah, the trajectory of the program at Texas and where it was going, those people had to go, oh, no, he's the guy. Yeah, and they all saw Steve Sarkeesian go into their house and – do something to a Nick Saban-led Alabama team that no other coach was able to do. Yes. Right? And that's when that game by double digits. So and Alabama fans, I remember it vividly. Right after that game, there were Alabama fans taking to social media saying, uh, when Saban is done, that's that our coach. Guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. There were some fans who were like, hey, maybe let's uh, kick Saban out right now so we can make sure we could get Steve Sarkeesian before we miss our chance. And yeah, I think from that moment on, he became the top target for Alabama whenever Nick Saban was going to hang him up. And you're right, like the price tag for Sark got a lot more expensive because of the year that Texas had on the field. But then you couple that with the fact that Nick Saban decided to retire. And I think uh, that made the extension a little bit pricier for Chris Del Conte. But hey, worth it. Do whatever oh, you have to do. If you're one of his assistants, that up, that, if you're an assistant, that just upped the price for you too. It's not just the head coach. They all get paid. So that, that's a big deal. You know, the only thing that's not a big deal is them losing. I mean, is it still a big deal to me losing Bo Davis? That's, I mean, he's, that, that's not as easy of a replacement as you think. I, that really surprised me. They couldn't have found a way to get his, his kid in here. I know mm -hmm. they're playing, playing the academic game and, you know, but there have probably been far more worse students to get on the football fields and in the classrooms at the University of Texas, especially at that price level right there of the loss of, of that particular coach. He would have stayed if his son got in. Right. I think it sounds, it sounds that way. He would have stayed. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe there were ulterior. This price was going to be up too. Right. Well, I, I think Texas would have been willing to pay. This just might have been a case of, you're right, Texas not being able to get Bo Davis, the son, enrolled in time. Uh, it might also be a case of, man, Bo Davis played college football at LSU. It's his alma mater. It's where he started his coaching career. Maybe that had something to do with it, too. So Yeah, it's not like that's a garbage place to go. Right, exactly. We're not talking about Boston College. No. Yeah, fans. it's not rolling back to – yeah, that's that's a little bit different where he's going. He's been there. He understands the football and the level of football and the SEC, too. So it's that's that's a big deal. And the coach's son, I mean – it's not like he's coaching them for three or four years. He's only got a year with them. Yeah. Maybe it's a one-year contract, and then we can get Bo Davis back in Austin after next year. Yeah. Well, then you're going to have chopped liver coaching your defensive line for a year because <laughs> nobody's coming for one year. Well, don't tell them that. You give them a long contract, oh. and then after one year, you're like, hmm, about let's that. Let's have a little settlement here. Yeah. Since you're out. 
Yeah. And that yeah, depends yeah. on what that dude would do. You start calling the good fellows and uh, you whack that guy <laughs> after a year. No, I'm kidding. Look, Bo Davis is going to be tough to replace, but it's easier to, re- to replace a position coach than it is your head coach. That's for sure. Uh, I don't know. Were you ever worried at all about Stark leaving for Alabama? Dude, I've been worried since the since he well, – I mean, when he came here, I've been worried that whole Alabama thing. But I thought – I think we all thought that Nick Saban was nowhere close to retiring. But as I said, I you know, uh, three years ago, I mean, I saw that guy on TV with his grandkids having the time of his life in the summertime and then having to go behind that desk. and. As Nick Saban said, I mean, this is you're, you're in your 70s. It took a and then this year took an awful lot out of him for sure. All the stuff with the quarterback and the way they fought back. But he thought that the program was in good hands now, and it was time. It's just it's tiring. That guy's 70 some years old, and you just don't have that kind of energy. You know, you 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 know you grind and grind and you're grinding at 1:30, 2 o'clock in the morning. You pop back up at 6:30 and do the same thing over and over. You get into your 70s, you don't like that grind. You know, you don't want to be, you don't, first of all, you don't stay up till 1.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You go to bed early, you may get up just a little bit later. You don't have a lot of things to do, but that guy has so much to do. I mean, he was Alabama football. He was. And, and the he, grind he wants everything different. to do, and he wants everything to do with everything. You know, he wants to know what jerseys we're wearing, wearing home and away. Do we have another, or do you have anything besides crimson and white? What's the deal here? Are we trying to slide anything else on me? Nope, we're not going to do that. Yes, we can do this. I mean, he's the guy that the ultimate decisions on probably everything to do with that football program goes with him. And that's a lot of pressure on a guy. Yeah, it is. And the grind has changed. Yes, the kids have changed. Yeah, it's so different being a college football coach in 2024 compared to what it was in 2008, right, towards the start of Nick Saban's tenure. And you give him all the credit in the world because he's adapted. He is adapted oh, yeah. better than just about any coach in the history of sport. With how much has changed in the college football landscape over the last decade and a half, the fact that Nick Saban in Alabama has been as dominant as they've been throughout all of the changes we've seen in this sport uh, just goes to show you how good of a job that he's done adapting to the times. But, yeah, there's more with NIL, with the transfer portal, with the personalities of these Gen Zers that uh, he's got to deal with now. I mean, it's always been a grind. Don't get me wrong. Oh, and, you- and it's about to get even even, even deeper with profit sharing now and everything else. That's coming up next. So uh, be careful. Are, are, are they going to play to keep players from going to the NFL? Are they going to start getting paying them for lousy bowl games? Here's what you're going to – here's how much you're going to make for playing in this one game. You know, mm-hmm. kids are going to say, that's, that's a nice little profit there for me if I play in this game. You know, I know I have a chance in the NFL, but I've been playing this game a long time. Can I take a chance on one more game for my university? Because I'm going to get paid for playing in it. I mean, that stuff's about to start to hit the hit the fan now too. Sure. So it's that's just that's just a lot on a, a, a dude that it didn't start that way, and now he's got to change and adapt and keep trying to adapt. That dude's ready not to adapt to anything except for some sleep and playing with his kids. That's it. That'll be nice for him. Yeah, I mean, all of those things. Plus, look, Texas and Oklahoma are making the move to the SEC. That would have made life tougher for Nick sure. Saban. And also the 12-team playoff, like that makes it harder to win championships now because instead of, you know, when Nick Saban started, obviously we had the BCS, so you had to win one game in the postseason to win a championship. Now, tougher to make it, of course, but once you got there, one game and you win. Yep. And then the 14-team playoff, two games and you win. Well, now it's three or four games against really good teams that you need to win to claim a national championship. So it's uh, it's tougher. It is tougher to win now than ever before. And I think Nick Saban – Maybe learned a little something, something from 
Bill Belichick, who maybe overstayed a little bit. Like, Bill Belichick is always going to be regarded as, well, I shouldn't say always, but for now, he's going to be regarded as the greatest NFL coach of all time. But look, the last three years, his reputation has taken a little bit of a hit post-Tom Brady. Yes. And, you know, Nick Saban, I know they didn't win the national title this year, but some people are saying this was his best coaching job that he's ever done, considering the the lack of talent and the questions at quarterback. Like, still a really great year, winning the SEC, making it to the college football playoff. Like, Nick Saban, you can't say he's doing the John Elway deal. Oh, no. He's, like, retiring on the top top, but he's he's leaving before – he kind of fell off the mountain as the before they started to push before player. they started to push him out. That too, that too, yeah. Because if they, you know, they started falling back, then you're right. Alabama people would be talking, and they, they'd want to make a change. So, but it's all great for University of Texas. This all works in their favor uh, in all the different ways, you know. And, yep. and to keep your coach now, and and that's probably a deal. That's probably a long, long term deal that they have with Sark right now. They're not going to go into this conference after winning the Big 12 conference and being in the Final Four. Not to give that, not to say, okay, here's a five-year deal. This thing is extended, extended for his coaches. They're going to make a lot of money. You're going to keep them happy. Recruiting is going to be good. So this is this is good for all Texas fans. And you know, the travel in the in the in the Southeast Conference is going to be fun. You know, Texas is going to have fans on the road with them. They like mm -hmm. to travel anyway. They're going to go to some of these big games. Big game, you know, big teams from the SEC are going to come here. Everybody's going to want to come to Austin. This is going to be an this is going to be great. It really is. Everybody involved. This is going to be great. Yeah, and it's huge. It's huge that Sark is staying. I don't know where Texas would have looked for their next head coach if Steve Sarkeesian decided to take that Alabama job. And I'm so glad we don't have to have those conversations because you finally feel like you've got a coach that knows what he's doing. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that, and it would have really sucked to lose him after the first year your football program does what you want it to do. Right. And, uh, yeah, we don't have to worry about that now. And, look, I, I think Texas right now is a better job than Alabama. I really do. Like, I know Alabama's a more historic program. They've won more than Texas, and I know what Nick Saban just did there. But in the world of NIL and with the facilities that Texas has right now and with everything that the University of Texas has to offer – uh, I feel like Texas is the better gig. And, oh, by the way, you don't have to be the guy who replaces the greatest college football coach of all time no. here in Austin like you would in Tuscaloosa. So, look, to me, even though I was starting to get a little bit nervous towards the end of the day yesterday, you put a gun to my head and you said, BK, do you think Sark is staying or leaving? I would have said, oh, I think he's staying because I think there are too many reasons for him to stay. Uh, and, yeah, I just think right now this this is a better gig for Sark and really for it all depends on who gets that gig. If it's a better gig, it all depends on who can, I mean, I don't think you have to do a lot of flipping around at Alabama right now. I think you're still going to get the, the best of the best when it comes to recruits. I think you're going to get the best of the best of coaches that want to go there, whether they're assistants or not, they're going to be good coaches at Alabama. They're going to be people that, you know, if the university of Washington's head coach got that job, I don't think Alabama is going to take, it's going to not drop off to where they win three games next year. I think, no. They need it. They need a young mind in there anyway. It's, you know, it's kind of time for a change. You know, it's, I mean, how long was Nick Saban? It's like Bill Belichick. How many more years were you really going to do this? That, that was, that's kind of was his thing. Bill Belichick was like, seriously, it was coming to the end. I mean, how many, it's either going to be next year, the year after, or the year after. It's not like you got 10 more years. You don't, you're not going to, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do it as the coach, whether you're winning. He said, whether I'm winning or losing, I wasn't going to do that anyway. But right. Bill Belichick, it's about getting, 
the all-time wins deal. That guy's liable, the year that he gets that, he's liable to say, even if he doesn't feel like, really, I'm doing well with this team, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I think we can get to you know I'm gonna get to a Super Bowl. I think when he gets to a certain amount of games, I think he's gonna be done too. Mm. He's gonna be at that age where he's just blown out of it. I don't I don't think there were any Patriots fans that were that upset that the Bill Belichick era came to an end. I mean, yesterday, look at that press conference. That was oh, a there was love a love fest. fest. Yeah, of sure. course. And, and, and I'm sure Patriots fans were like crying, reminiscing on the 24 years that they had with Bill Belichick. I mean, it's the greatest run we've ever seen from an NFL head coach. But like the last three years in New England were bad for Bill Belichick. I think Pats fans were ready to move on. I don't think any Alabama fan was like, we need a change. No. So that that's the difference between those two. Like, you're right. I mean, Nick Saban was in his 70s. Reason to believe that at some point, if it wasn't this year, it was going to happen soon where sure. he decided to retire. But now he wasn't Bill coaching Belichick, for 10 more years. He wasn't even coaching for five more years. I, I thought he was foolishly, it turns out. But winning is coaches don't like to stop coaching, man. Like that itch doesn't go away. You can't stop. Well, scratching. they definitely don't like to stop. They stop losing. They love to win. Right, exactly. And Nick Saban was was still winning. So it's like, it it shocked me when that news came out. I mean, yeah, I think he'll be a big part of college football for years to come. Though, right? I hope he I stays mean, involved. Maybe he stays at Alabama in some sort of advisory role. Or uh, he can get paid there as long as he wants. Sure. If he, oh, if he says, "I'll you know I'll come in." You know, once a week they're paying him. If he if that's what if that's what he wants, that's what he you know. It's a matter of how much time he can spend around them now. Hey, come look for houses in Austin again, Terry. We'll uh, hire you to be some sort of advisor here. Why in not? Come on, you've got a relationship with Sark. You mentored him. Come mentor him some more. He was pretty funny last night when he said, you know, they had asked him. I get was it who was it the interview? Kevin Fowler? Did he say? He said, what about this gig? He goes, well, there's not many there's not many broadcasters coming in at, at 80 to start their careers in the booth. So but he he's I, I know that's on his mind, too. I mean, that's mm. on. Well, that's on college football's mind and and the network's mind. Can we get Nick Saban? You know, can we get him? Can we get him in here? Can we get him in the booth? I don't think he's going to take the place of Lee Corso. Not he's so not going to be fast, Midget. Not so fast. He's not going to be a gimmick guy. He's not, he's not going to do that. He's going to be a he'll be an analyst, but he won't be that guy. He won't be putting hats on and and headgear on. He's not going to do that. Yeah, I hope we do get Nick Saban on TV because I mean he's he's a very eloquent speaker and he knows the game and the sport yes. better than just about anybody. So For sure, uh, look if, if he doesn't want to do that, I don't blame him. Like you said, if he just wants to sleep in and spend more time with his family and focus on just doing those things, then more power to him. He's earned it. Go fish. Go do something fun with your life, Coach Saban. Uh, Marco asks, has it been confirmed that Steve Sarkeesian is staying? What did we miss? Uh, He tweeted out last night at 10.50 p.m. It's a great day to be a Longhorn. So that, that to me, feels like confirmation from the man himself that he is not going anywhere. Also, L'Oreal Sarkeesian, the first lady of Texas football, tweeted out Texas with – a hook'em emoji and an orange heart emoji at 10.56 p.m. last night. So you've got the coach and you've got Mrs. Coach basically saying that uh, Sark is staying in Austin. How about these updated odds, Buck, for who is going to be the next head coach for Alabama football? Right now your Vegas favorite, Kalen DeBoer, Mm. Washington's head coach. He'd have to leave there if they want him. 
right? Yeah. Apparently. Does he have a tie there? Kalen DeBoer canceled his radio interview in Seattle this morning. Oh. So there are a lot of folks trying to connect a lot of dots right now. Uh, I don't think Kalen DeBoer has any ties to the University of Alabama, but he's got ties to being a good football coach. And knows how to coach quarterbacks, and they've got a young quarterback for two more years there. Yep, that would scare me a little bit. Yes. You know, Texas is joining the same conference as Alabama, so I hope Alabama screws this higher up royally. I don't think Kalen DeBoer would be screwing this higher up. Maybe the higher Jimbo Fisher. That would be screwing it up. (laughs) (laughs) That would be incredible. Oh, my God. What a happy day that would be. I mean, there is a negative percent chance that that ends up going down, but could you imagine – if Alabama bungles this coaching search so bad that they've got to resort to Jumbo Fisher? No, I thought I, – I mean, I thought Dabo Sweeney was would be next in line, but he started coming in with all his old talk about NIL and, oh, things will, things have to change. We have to fix this. We have to, No, you're not going backwards, Coach. That stuff's not mm-hmm. happening. You can, you can maybe want it to happen. You may want it to be like it was in the 80s, but that's not happening anymore. That thing – this thing is moving dead ahead. I know it's all about the money. Okay, so be it. It's all about the money. You better get with the times when it's all about the money. Mm-hmm. But understand what this is all about. I think that's why I think that's why Dabo is, is losing out. I mean, people at Alabama are going, nah, that guy's an old curmudgeon now. We we need to have a we need to have a younger coach that understands that the times are going to change. And even Nick Saban was, as you said, was changing with the times and doing a great job of it. So they're gonna get somebody, they're gonna they're gonna look for somebody they're you know, 50s. You know, they'd love to probably have a coach in his 40s, but they're probably not going to find a good – what is DeBoer? What is he? He's got to be a pretty young guy. I think he's probably in his 50s because he's been a college football coach for a long time. Remember, he won three national championships at the That's NAI. Right. Yeah, he probably – yeah, I mean, they're looking for a guy. In his, they're not looking for some guy late 60s. You know what I'm saying? Younger than, younger than I thought. He's 49. He'll turn 50 okay. in October. So Sure, that makes sense. Got, yeah, he, he's got plenty of years left in coaching if he wants to. So, yeah, you brought up Dabo Sweeney. He actually has the second highest odds right now. Yeah. But I'm with you, man. Like two years ago, if Saban retires, then Dabo's a walk-in hire. Right. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Because he went to Alabama. He played at Alabama. And, I mean, obviously he has done tremendous work at Clemson winning a couple of national championships. Like that felt like an obvious fit. But, yeah, it feels like uh, Dabo is not adapted to the times. And if you told Alabama fans that Sweeney was going to be their next head coach, they'd probably be pissed. No, I don't right think they'd now. be that happy about him now. Yeah, so Dabo's number two, though. Mike Norvell at Florida State, third highest odds. Tommy Reese, Bama's offensive coordinator. Hell no. No chance that happens. And no. then the lane train. And no, no chance that's happening either. Those two guys are just names now. Yeah, Steve Starkeesian's still sixth. Uh, on these odds, it's from this morning, but you know, at one point, I think Sark was like plus 300, now he's down to plus 1200. So, I think uh, the tweets that he and his wife sent out late last night kind of uh, told I, people, I, I, but yeah. I can truly believe that if he said, Yeah, I'm real interested, then there would be obviously Alabama would jump up and down to get him. They really liked him, they right, they liked his attitude, they like you know, they they like the whole second chance story and how they won a national championship. and and the players that went out the door with him, you know, the year they won the national, those were that that whole two year span, three year span with Sark was incredible. Mm-hmm. Type of players that are in the NFL that are stars today, 
Yeah. He wasn't the head coach, but he was calling some he was calling some great plays and helping him get this gig. Oh yeah. Now, if I was uh, Greg Byrne and the powers that be at Alabama, I mean my first three calls, well, maybe I would have called like Kirby Smart, but I would have known what the answer to that was already. Sure. But my first three realistic calls would have been Steve Sarkeesian one, D'Amico Ryan's two, and hell, maybe D'Amico would have been number one. But see if I could somehow get D'Amico Ryan's to leave the NFL to come back and coach at his alma mater. And then Kalen DeBoer would have been number three. Like, they should have called Kalen DeBoer before they called Dan Lanning. That's what I thought. I, I didn't understand that. Like, Kalen DeBoer's 3-0 against Dan Lanning, and Washington has less talent than Oregon. Obviously, in that Pac-12 championship game, when Oregon was like a 10-point favorite, Kalen DeBoer's Washington team beat Oregon. So, yeah, like that's – I think Kalen DeBoer's a great coach. If that is where this thing is headed – I think it's a, probably where it's headed now because, as I said, that young quarterback for two years – Yeah. And him having Michael Penix Jr. And, and him having a straight-up drop-back passer that was fantastic. Now to help this guy out, this guy can win you a championship. He's good enough. Yeah, I mean, we we unfortunately saw how good of a coach Kalen DeBoer is firsthand last yeah. week. Like that guy, two years at Washington, he won 11 games in year one and won 14 games and played for a national title in year two. That's uh, pretty impressive. And once again, he's won national championships. Different level of college football, obviously, you know, big step up going from Sioux Falls to Alabama. But if you're a championship winning coach at any level, you yes. kind of know what you're doing. And I think DeBoer's proven enough in two years at a high level that, uh, yeah, he's a really, really good coach. So if that's the move, it makes sense for DeBoer. I think it makes sense for Alabama. I'm just glad it's not Steve Sarkeesian because that that would have been uh, a problem and that would have ruined the offseason for all of us. Yeah, I mean, things that. are going to, as I said, the landscape will change. I mean, with, with players leaving now, now that, you know, Saban is gone. I mean, they've 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 had you know before they had had a couple of defections anyway. But now you know when you start losing some of your recruits, and although they still have a great recruiting class at Alabama coming, you know they the ones that are there now. Nobody's talking about leaving. They're just waiting to see who's who's coming in as the coach. That's what they're waiting to see. Mm -hmm. What type of coach he is. You know, I mean, all the respect that Saban. You know, you've been listening over the last couple of days about. His players, same thing with Bill Belichick, man. They had the utmost respect for these guys as leaders, not just football coaches, but as leaders and helping them with their lives and truly being involved in their lives and, and caring about them as people. So, I mean, it's that's that corny deal, but but when the great ones are like that, that's what happens. They're involved in whatever you do. They want to they want to continue to be a part of your life. And you know, this is this is a it's a it's a big loss for college football, but it's a a step that I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen tomorrow. There will be a time when Sark says, you know what? I've done this a long time. You know, I mean, it's, it just happens. Yeah. It happens to everybody. And Nick Saban, this was – I hope, this was pretty, I this hope was we're uh, – Sure. I hope we're talking about Sark in a similar light to the way sure. people have been talking about Nick Saban the last few days. That would be pretty incredible if uh, if that happened. So there you go. So we, we feel good that Steve Sarkeesian is going to stay put – here in Austin, and now we just wait and see where Alabama is going to go next. But, yeah, Kalen DeBoer canceling his radio appearance in Seattle. A little ominous maybe for a Husky the Dude's on fans. a plane right now somewhere. And you know what? Pardon my French, but fuck them. That's how I feel about <laughs> Washington fans right now. 
No the shower grapes. Come on, man. <laughs> no, not the dogs. I'm cool with the animal, but uh, you know, husky fans. I, I'm still mad. I'm still bitter about last Monday night. Oh, right? but they were but wonderful yeah, fans, though. They were whose house? Oh, come yeah. On. Unfortunately, it was their house. Yes, was, it was. I was tired of hearing that, but unfortunately, they were right. The Superdome was their house last Monday. All right, before we get into the Quinn Ewers news, because that dropped after we got off the air yesterday. Also, we got to give some love to a former Texas volleyball player who took home a very prestigious award yesterday. Let's give some love to some of our prestigious sponsors, Buck. Uh, folks, listen, Relax the Back embraces a holistic approach for the healthier lifestyle. And believe me, my back couldn't be happier. Their motto is live wellness. And folks, right now, they do live wellness. I mean, they've got the Tempur-Pedic mattresses for you. They've got the pillows. They've got the, the chairs, that you're, the human scale office chairs, desk, and all the accessories that you are needing. If you need a stand-up desk, I understand it. I don't understand it because I don't need it. I got a great chair that I've been sitting in for years, and my thoracic back and my lumbar area feel fantastic. Heal and recover, work smarter, sleep, reimagine, and live pain-free with Relax the Back. They're storing bee caves at the Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free just like the buck at Relax the Back. Yes, indeed. Shout out to our friends at Relax the Back. Also, shout out to our friends at Cover 3. Oh, yeah. If you're looking for a place to watch the NFL playoffs this weekend, how about Cover 3, the best sports bar in town? They've got TVs everywhere. Of course, they'll have all six of the Super Wild Card weekend games on. They'll have the Texas basketball games on tomorrow as well. Every sporting event, they've got the games that you want to watch on their giant screens. And I say screens with an S because they've got a bunch of them at every Cover 3 and Cover 2 location across town. The food is outstanding. You got to try the Sean Adams Prime Rib Sandwich. It's fantastic. The burgers are really, really good. They've got wings. They've got great nachos. Of course, a full bar as well with a great beer selection, including some Altstad beer. Love the Altstad. But uh, Cover 3, the place to watch the sports all year long, definitely in these NFL playoffs. Go see our friends at Cover 3. They've got the Anderson location. They've got the Round Rock location. And then there's Cover 2 off of uh, Lake Line up in 183. Cover 3, dining, spirits, sports. Can't wait to see uh, the folks at Sue Patrick next week. C.J. Williams and Sue Patrick, they've been doing it since 1975. An incredible selection of Texas Longhorn collectibles, accessories, and even more. And, of course, they got tons of Texas-themed gifts. They have it all over their store. And there's a lot of little leftovers over there now. They're going to have the new baseball cap for sure. The, the Texas Longhorn baseball team is wearing their official caps. And they'll still have some of that gear from the Sugar Bowl, probably at a wonderful price. Probably get some nice sales going on at Sue Patrick next week. But, folks, get ready for the spring. Get all your Texas Longhorn gear. Soon probably to say SEC on it, I got to believe. Probably have a little patch in here somewhere. It's almost that time. So get that gear while you can at Sue Patrick's. They're at 5222 Burnett Road. Plenty of parking. Do say hello to the folks over there. All you have to do is go to suepatrick.com for more information. And they'll get you, they'll get all your orders sent to you, all your online orders. And BK, they get to you in a hurry when it comes to online orders no. immediately. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter where you are in the country, they will get you your order. ASAP. Get those golf polos. They got the golf polos. They got everything there, man. A ridiculous selection of Longhorn gear and a bunch of other cool stuff, too. Out Sue Patrick, 5222 Burnett Road. Speaking of cool stuff, uh, 7-Eleven. Yeah, man. Uh, you talk about cool stuff per capita. If that's something that people measure, 
think Seven Eleven is amongst the world leaders there in that you category. Go. With the Slurpees, with the nachos, the rollers, the snacks, the beer, the coffee. They got it all. Everything you need. They got everything I need because, you know, over the last couple of days, I've been in doctor's offices. They're trying to scare me. Don't try to scare me with death. Come on, man. That's not going to work. I'm going to 7-Eleven. I'm getting my stuff. Yeah. I ain't scared you know of death. Oh, don't, I'm not, come on now. Yeah. We're all going to see it. It's all going to happen. Why not go out with a smile and a little Debbie's in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want Debbie in your mm. <laughs> Oh, great. A little Debbie oh. in your mouth. Yeah. Come on now. Interesting. R. Go Kelly. Coffee and a little Debbie to go. Oh my gosh. Love yep. 7-Eleven. I, gotta get Love my, I haven't had my hard copy here in two weeks, really. Yeah, because no one reads the newspaper. So sure. welcome to the Times. It's nice of you to adapt to uh Here to go, Nick Saban. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Coach. We uh, appreciate that. Yeah, Gundy was on that like 15 years ago. So he knows. He what about knows. Gundy? His name hasn't come up for anything. Um just happy with being a loser right where you are. Hey, he had a great year. I know Texas beat the crap out of him, but for that team to make it to the Big 12 title game, like, Gundy still got it, man. What, does, he think he's gonna, does he think he's going to rule the Big 12 now? I don't think so. Well, we, know where the, we know where the Big 12 is going through now. That's Lawrence, right. Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> Come on now. Just like basketball. Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, well, if Kansas oh. keeps losing to the little sisters of the poor in basketball, it ain't going through there either. Yeah, don't worry about that. It'll be okay. That was weird, though, them losing to UCF. It's been a weird college basketball week. It'd be even weirder if Texas lost tomorrow. That can't happen. No. West Virginia is dog crap. They're the worst team in the Big 12. They're 5-10 and 10 this year. Wow. They've, they've played two conference games. They lost to Houston 89-55. to 55. And they lost their other Big 12 game by double digits to Kansas State. Yeah, hey, Houston, welcome to the Big 12. They're bad. Yeah, Houston lost to Iowa State on the road. It's it's one of those years, man. I mean, the Big 12, it's always one of those years in the Big 12. But just across the country, uh, it's chaos. The madness is starting in January. You don't have to wait till March. I noticed that. This year to get craziness in college hoops. It's begun. And this week, we have four top five teams lose already this week. And we haven't even hit the weekend where, obviously, every team plays. So, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Hopefully, no craziness. Hopefully, Texas wins. And then they'll move up in the uh, AP rankings. They go 2-0 this I week. I saw a little so, craziness last night in the NBA with your Mavericks doing what they did to, to a hot New York Knickerbocker team. And the Mavs got a win without Luka over the Knicks and last Kyrie night. Kyrie didn't fall off the edge of the earth. No, because the earth is round. Okay, so he's okay. <laughs> well, I'm not sure he believes that the earth is round, but you can't fall off something that's round. Yeah, well, he, he did a pretty good job throwing in 44 points. Yeah, his uh, Mavs career high last night. So they needed it, too. Nice one for Dallas. Dude, that about, dude is, I mean, as I watched him, wow. He's, he's still got it. He's, you're talking about taking the guy to the hoop and bodying him up. He's, I don't know how big he is. Is he 6'2"? Got to be 6'2", 6'3". I think 6'3". Man, he bodies, but he'll take you in there and body you up. Dude, he's a Hall of Fame talent, but he's also a Hall of Fame dumbass. <laughs> he's got that going for him, too. There's, there's no debate about how good of a hooper he is. I mean, that guy is one of the best ball handlers to ever grace an NBA floor. Wow. By the way, no, the Huskies right now, this time of the year, no dog pecker flies. 
That's no. only when it's hot. Yeah, it's only when it's hot. Flies don't get around the D's this time of the year. Whether whether it's up in Spokane or whether it's in Austin right around now, you will not see any dog pecker flies. You are uh, infatuated with dogs' junk. We've learned. I've taken my dog today to get his get his blood work done, but I will be asking. You know, as my neighbor, my neighbor has gone to the same vet. He says that right there is going to cost you five hundred to have those snipped off. That's why I'm saying, why can't we keep them on? Let's not snip them and let's do some rearranging in there. That that he he starts to calm down some. That's what I want. That's what I'm looking for. Somebody that can calm him down and not with a big stick or something. You know what I'm saying? Well, that would still cost you money. Yeah, that's true. But but, but no no snippage if we don't have to. That doctor's going to look at me. And he's going, hey, listen, this is what I do. I take the balls off a dog. Okay, mm-hmm. and you're going to pay for it, and you're going to like it. And you're going to be crying. Well, I like looking at his balls. Don't take them off. I need to see them. It'll be like, you know what? I could put them in a jar for you, and you could put them on your nightstand. <laughs> Along with yours. So that oh. way your, your dog will be calm, and you'll still get to stare at your dog's D's nuts. <laughs> no, I got to go. I, the guy told me that's 500, just to, just the, the, the procedure. I'm like, what? Mm. Cut my own dog's balls off now for 500. That would not go over well. Please don't do that. Let me give it a shot. These nuts. <laughs> Dude, that dog's going to die if you try that. Don't do that. I'm going to lose an arm. That's what's going to happen with that dog. Yeah, both of you might die. Make sure you yeah. get a little Debbie snack so you can get die. A little Debbie snack. Yes. Goodness gracious. That's happening today. There you go. That's Friday. Sorry. Holiday Sorry, weekend. Doctors. Sorry, yeah. doctors. Friday, holiday weekends. Make it happen. Yeah. Make it happen. Hey, Texas got some good news yesterday. Okay. Quinn Ewers. I'll go ahead and show you the video, Buck. I think a lot of Longhorn fans have seen this by now, but I don't know if you have. Quinn Ewers taking to both Twitter and Instagram, releasing a video announcing his intentions to return to UT for one more season. Here it is. Longhorn Nation. Ever since I was a kid, I've dreamed of playing quarterback at the University of Texas. I couldn't be more thankful to all my teammates and coaches, and I'm beyond grateful to be in the position that I'm in. God has shown me who I truly am these past two years that I've been here. And through the ups and downs, these fans and this university has always had my back. And with that being said, I'm coming back. Hook them. Good job. Well done. Well played. How much do you think that card is worth? A bunch. Yeah. Hopefully it's worth more in a few years. Oh, yeah. After Quinn Ewers becomes a Heisman winner and a national championship winning quarterback. National championship? That'd be nice. That would be nice. Remember, he's only got another year. He's already won it conference championship actually he has two more years if he wants him i it, it'd be a problem if he comes back for two more years it'd be i don't a problem know for the backup quarterback yeah you know I, I don't know how thrilled the manning family him. yeah you wouldn't turn him down but no you would turn him down you would turn him down if, if quinn ewers doesn't play well enough next year to be like a first round pick in the 2025 nfl draft, something went wrong and yeah assuming arch manning looks like we expect him to look in practice, then 
Yeah, no, it's it's a one more year thing. But Quinn Ewers does have two more years of college eligibility. Wow. Uh, he he uh, hopefully is the starter here for one more year, but hopefully it's a very successful one more year. And then you hand the reins over to Arch Manning. And, and by the way, for Arch Manning, you always have to stay ready because no quarterback in Texas ever makes it through a season anyway. You're right. And Quinn Ewers himself has missed games in each of his two years. Yes. As the Texas starter. So, yeah, the Longhorns have, have to be ready. The Longhorns have a long recent history of quarterbacks getting hurt at some point in the season. And Quinn Ewers is not immune to that unfortunate history. So yeah, that dude's the king of the hill right now. So you got to be ready as the backup. You got to be ready to go. And, and in this conference, you got to be ready to go in week one. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't play an SEC team oh, in week one. Oh, that's they, right. They do they play the week two, they play cheaters. They play the national cheaters. The national cheaters now. In week two, obviously at Ann Arbor. We're hearing a lot of they won that fair and square going around now. Yeah, they won that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say fair and square when your coach is suspended for six games. I don't know if you could call that fair and square when you get Something's and, going on. Yeah, when you get accused and convicted of two different crimes, I don't really know if we can call that fair and square. But, you know, he's innocent. He's told you he was innocent. He did tell us. So did OJ. Oh. Yeah. So congratulations, murderer. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's a good point. Like Quinn Ewers has gotten hurt every Texas quarterback, like since Cole McCoy, it feels like has gotten hurt at least some point during the season. So, uh, look, the national media narrative now is already becoming, well, what does that mean for Arch Manning? Where is Arch Manning going? It just feels like folks outside of Austin have already started the countdown to when Arch hits the transfer portal. But by all accounts, Everybody we've talked to and everybody who covers this program, everyone who's locked into what's going on, says that Arch Manning is fine. He's not going anywhere. He's standing pat. He's staying here. And I guess he's comfortable with being a backup for at least one or more season. competing for that job. Yeah. I mean, look, Arch is, Arch is going to try. Like, realistically, there's nothing Arch can do to win the job in the offseason, right? No, I mean, but you have spring. I mean, it's nothing's going to change. Quinn Ewers is going to be a, a leader in winter workouts. He understands what his role will be, but his role will get a little even thicker and even more important that you don't have some of these guys that are returning. Now you re, mm-hmm. you, re, you become the captain. It wasn't like you weren't the captain of the ship, but now you really become the captain because you lose some real veterans and you lose a lot of leadership. So you really got to show what kind of leadership you have, not just as a player, but on the field, off the field, the whole works with him. And um, but Arch Man is going to get his he'll get his opportunity in the spring, you know, to compete. Now I got to believe for that job. That's that's going to be a part of the deal. But you know, I'm pretty sure Quinn Ewers knew about Sark before anybody else yesterday. Yeah, yeah I think so too. And that kind of that goes together to me. I, but I'm not pushing him out the door. I'm I'm just looking at. You know, by the way, for me, college college quarterbacking, you only need two years. I mean, but I, I, you know, I'm, I go way back to the years of uh, the Miami Hurricanes when those guys just come out of JUCO and, and and play for the University of Miami. They needed two years. That's it. They didn't have four years of of these great quarterbacks that went to to Miami to get into the NFL. They needed two years. You only need two years to show what you can do. It's not like you have to play a, a full four years. Well, this will be year three for Quinn. Yeah, he's had two years and. He hasn't shown enough 
to be a first round pick, which I think that's why he's coming back. Right? Sure. Or, well, yeah, for him, that that's that's the way it is. Huh. But for Arch, I mean, he he'll still have two years. Arch Arch might only have one year. You know, like if if he's that's that true. good, he could leave after not this coming season, but the twenty twenty five season. So. If he's like, surrounded by people like that, I mean, he'll be in there with an offensive line. It'll be a bunch of veterans if they're not gone to the NFL already. You know, that's the, that's the scariest part of this whole thing for me. Now, I'm glad Quinn Ewers is coming back. You get a three year starter as you make the move to the SEC. Like, you take that in a heartbeat. And Quinn Ewers was really good this season. And hell, he's one of the favorites to win the Heisman for next season. So if he takes another step, then he's going to be even better. And you might have one of the top three to five quarterbacks in the nation in 2024 that's all massive but there is a scenario that exists where arch manning is only the quarterback at texas for one year and if he's that good to where he's able to prove in one year's time that he is a top 10 nfl caliber quarterback then sorry about that you're getting one year of arch so the fear is like, oh, man, we we might have and, – and Quinn Ewers was a perfect graded recruit. He was just as highly touted as, as a recruit grade-wise. Obviously, his last name's not Manning, so he didn't get the hype that Arch did. But, like, Quinn Ewers was this generational type of recruit, so the expectations right. surrounding him were super high. So you get three years of one of those guys, but you could get just one year of Manning. That's true. That, that, that would sting a little bit. It, it, it's like, well, what, what could have happened if that – guy was a starter here for two years instead of just one you know yeah i'm hoping to get two two good years i mean even for him well as you said who knows that one depending on who's who he's surrounded by you know you, you've got I me mean, he can't be the the sole provider of what you do with your team he's got to be a part of it but he's gonna have to have really good people and think about this offensive line that this you know you're gonna start losing a couple of them as juniors they're not all going to be around here as seniors they're not all going to be like the the center, Jake Majors, who plays for nine years. Right. I mean, the, some of those guys are going to be gone. Some of those guys after next year are good enough to be out the door. Sure. Well, that's that's where Texas is now as a program, right? And that's a good thing. I mean, the yes. best programs have guys leave early for the NFL every year. And look, Kelvin Banks is one of those guys that you're talking about, right? Yes. Uh, if, if he could leave right now, he probably would, and he'd probably be a first-round pick. Well, he's only a true sophomore this year, so he's got uh, one more year to play in college football. But – yeah, look, a lot of guys are going to leave. A lot of guys are leaving this year, and that's why it's great to have Quinn Ewers back. I mean, you're losing your top five pass catchers. Yeah, obviously, your number one running back in Jonathan Brooks. You're losing just about every key skill position player that you had on your team. You don't want to lose your quarterback on top of that, right? No. You're breaking in a new crop of receivers and tight ends and running backs. Like You want to have at least somebody with some experience on offense and you've got it at the most important position for sure on the offense. So that's, that's great. Right. Like as excited I am as I am to see arch and what he can bring to the table. Like, I don't want to also be bringing along a first time starter at quarterback while you're bringing along so many other new players on this offense. It oh, is yeah, nice to sure. have that stability at, uh, at that position, especially. Yeah. I mean, it, cause you're going to be bringing in at least two new wide receivers somehow. I mean, or you're going to bring, you're bringing one from Houston. He's, he's a veteran player. But he's new to this system, so that I mean that's going to take that's going to take a little bit of time. I mean he's here now. I mean he's going to get it. That guy's a veteran. He'll be fine by the time spring is over with in the summer practice. He's going to understand throw, getting balls from preneurs. I mean that's that. There's one that I don't think you have to worry about because he's a veteran player. He's been playing college football and sure. playing it at a pretty high level, even where he is. 
So there's one guy. You know, you've got some young guys that are, that are that are growing up in this system that'll help you out. That are talented four and five star guys. Also, you bring in true freshmen that are fantastic, and I don't think they're done at no. that position. No, they're going after a few other receivers in the portal. Um, C.J. Daniels, the kid from Liberty, is one of them. Silas oh, yeah. Bolden from Oregon State, another name that has been uh, talked about on those insider sites. So, yeah, they're they're bringing in new guys. They've got a lot of talent in that room, but not a lot of production at all. So, and you, and you got a great running game coming back. You got an offensive line mm-hmm. that well, they'll just they'll be. This is their year coming up this year, even though they're going in the SEC. This is this this now not so young offensive line with really talented running backs that'll be that'll really your ground game should be just as good next year mm-hmm. or better. I mean, there's yeah. there's nothing there's there's nothing you should be afraid of going into the SEC as when it comes to physicality on that side of the ball. All right. On the offensive line, you're right. Four starters right. will be back. You're losing Christian Jones. You're gonna have to find a way to replace him. And I know he struggled in the Washington game. But he had a good year. But he had a really, really good year. So uh, and he's, you know, he was a, what, a five or six year guy at Texas. Right. So you're losing some talent, you're losing some experience, but they've recruited very well on the offensive line since Steve Sarkeesian took over. So they've got Cam Williams potentially, or they can uh, move Hayden Connor out there and put somebody else at left guard. They've got some options. They'll find something that works, but you're right. I'm with you. That, that O-line should be a strength of this team and it should be one of the best offensive lines in the country. And that helps. Sure. That helps. So yeah, and they got better. They got better in the passing game. You know, they they had their games here and there, even in even in their against Washington, where they gave up a little little pressure. But I mean, it wasn't like Sac City against that that offensive line. It it wasn't like that all year. They they were consistent enough to get the ball down the field and have receivers that are first round draft choices. So I mean, really, you got the ball down the field and you ran the ball really well with a new crop of runners and a veteran runner. Who got had a bum? I got ended up with a bum knee. So that that group right there should be that should be your real strong point of your football team next year. So if you have to rely on the run game with the two guys that now understand the system, understand the running game, then that's great. I mean, I think that's great for them. I I wanted I I wanted that. I I I would rather see them be physical on that on that line and be able to run the ball in the SEC than sit back there and and try to be finesse and throw it with the quarterback getting punched in the mouth, you know, four or five times a game. Yeah, Texas should have one of the best run games in the country. And, you know, Quinn Ewers, once again, people think he could be in the Heisman conversation next year. So, uh, great thanks. Yeah, where they lose it to me is on the defensive end. Yeah, I mean, Sweat and Murphy won't be easy to replace. That's hard. Yeah, those guys, because it took them a couple years to get it going. And then once they got it going, those, those two dudes, you know, and the linebacker, those things are hard to replace. Yeah, you lose your best two D linemen. You lose your best linebacker. Um, I would argue Ryan Watts was this team's best corner all season long. I don't know Which if he ended a lot. I don't know if he ended as this team's best corner. And you're right. Yeah, it was rough, rough secondary play from the Longhorns all season long. But yeah, you're you're having to replace some very key cogs on that side of the ball now. You know, a defensive tackle. You've got a fifth year in Alfred Collins. You've got a fifth year in Vernon Broughton. Yes. Uh, obviously, on the D-line, you're bringing in Trey Moore, who had 14 and a half sacks and I think 18 TFLs at UTSA this past year. You've got Sorrell back. You've got Burke back. You've got Bosick back. So you feel like the D-line should still be amongst the best. I don't know if it will be like the best in the country like it was this year, but it should be close. 
yeah, another then, year for some of those guys at the at the end position. That's uh, yeah, that's that's good stuff. But you're and as I said, your recruiting is only going to pick up because sure. we're, we're going to come up on the month of June and Sark's going to own it. So there are going to be guys coming out of the hat twenty, you know, for twenty five, and you're going to go, wow, yeah. look at these players. I mean, and it all depends on what he does in the transfer portal and and some of these grad transfers, how that works out. I mean, guys are going to guys are going to be, you know making some decisions, they're going to be leaving some places because they're going to be, they're going to be players that are available. I think defensively for this group. And that includes that secondary too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to shore that up because it's not all run in the sec. They got teams that'll throw it around. So you got to be prepared, especially if you don't get to the quarterback. I think Texas is losing like six or seven secondary pieces from this year. And I'm not mad about it. No. Yeah. Normally it's like, oh shit, that's a lot of guys we got to replace this year. It's like, eh, it's probably good that we got to replace those guys. I wish the one dude would come back. I know he's still trying to figure out whether he's going to go to the NFL or not. But oh, Jade Barron. Yeah, I mean, I love to see him come back for another year because oh. he didn't have a great year. He had a good year, but the year before he had a great year. I thought he had it's- a great year until the Big Twelve Championship game, where he was and in then- chase mode, and then he's was not good in that game and he was not good nobody in the secondary was good against Washington so yeah like those last two games they they probably cost Jade Barron some money if he wanted to leave right now so maybe he does come back I still feel like he's gone and we'll have an answer by the next time we do a show because the deadline is Monday right. and we're on the air again on Tuesday so we'll know uh, about Jade Barron's future he's the last guy I think that Texas fans are waiting on in terms of an NFL decision. Mm-hmm. I expect him to leave still, but I'm with you, man. I would love to oh, have yeah. 23 back for one more season. Be awesome. Yeah, him going to the SEC and posting a good year with a bunch of tackles and a bunch of interceptions would be great for him. Yes, indeed. All right. Keep the text coming on the code of text line, 512-222-9328. I'm looking for flight advice. You know, we've had some scary airplane stories this week, so I need some help from you people Make sure that I have a, a good flight experience. Someone says, get drunk before the plane so if anything happens, you won't die sober. That's what my father-in-law does. I can and, get you to sleep. I get you these Vicodin in you. They'll get, you'll get on there, and people can shit on your lap, and you don't know what's going on. And then I don't want the Vicodin because I don't want people dropping deuces on my <laughs> lap while I'm on the plane. That was the worst ad pitch for Vicodin of all time. <laughs> hey, if you want someone to shit on your lap <laughs> on an airplane, oh, get some Vicodin. Man. Oh, that's man. good. That's good flying stuff, though, man. It keeps you nice and calm when everything about you is kind of unraveling. And we know if you get on Delta, how things can unravel, including the plane. <laughs> yep, I ain't doing that. Fly Alaska Airlines bring more than one shirt. Yeah, because that guy had his shirt sucked <laughs> off. <laughs> When the side of the plane got sucked off. My Delta, get to Atlanta and bring your sleeping bag just in case. Oh, with weather being bad on the – oh, you're going the other way. All right, you should be okay. I'm going left coast. Yep. There you go. Should be all right. I'm should flying okay. south, southwest, so hopefully we're all right today. Cart. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So keep uh, the text coming. Somebody said, I bought that steerhead shirt at Sue Patrick the other day. Really? Oh, yeah. We like that one. The one with the little longhorns on there. Oh, yeah. Big fans of that. Big fans of Sue Patrick, for sure. I have my whole golfing ensemble from Sue Patrick before this spring is out, for sure. There you go. I'm, I'm bringing those little horns all over the place. Loving them. 
Mm-hmm. Fantastic shirt. All right, before we uh, get into some NFL, by the way, Jory Epstein, who covers the NFL for Yahoo Sports, will join us at 930. Uh, the Buck will give some of his gold star locks of the weekend, and we'll give our playoff predictions, too. We'll, we'll pick the Super Bowl winner today, of course, before the playoff starts. Uh, all of that coming up in hour number two. But first, Buck, some shout-outs to some sponsors. Uh, no doubt about it, Texas Orthopedics. They are see- If you're seeing that specialized orthopedic and orthopedic care, you've got to go to the folks at Texas Orthopedics. Their physicians offer surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults, spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and even more. While you're there, say hello to our good friends, Christopher, Danny, and Dr. Christopher Stockton. They are dedicated orthopedic surgeons, and their goal is to get you right back into good health and give you that great quality of life that you definitely deserve. Texas Orthopedics is the largest independent orthopedic practice in the state of Texas. For more information, go to TXOrtho.com. Yes, indeed. You ready to play some music, Buck? Yes, indeed. You got your instruments ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Here we go. This is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and we'd like to take a moment to thank all of our clients for making the last 25 years both fun and fruitful. For those of you who have not experienced our services yet, we'd like to invite you to give us a try for all of your home electronics needs. We take care of everything from surround sound home theaters and distributed audio to computer networks, home surveillance systems, to a new television in the living room or bedroom. And we come to you. There's no need to leave your home to find great pricing and incomparable service. No traffic, inexperienced sales geeks, or pushy showroom tactics. Just give us a call and we'll visit you at your home or business to take a look at what you really need. Just relax, hug your kids, and smile. We make your electronics and life simpler to manage. So give us a call and discover what over 7,000 families and businesses already have. Audiovisual consultations is the easiest, most complete way to enjoy today's electronics. Call us at 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678. Or online at avconsultations.com. Hug them and hook them. Hug them and hook them. Hug your kids and make love to someone's <laughs> wife. <laughs> Thank Who's you, wife? Whose wife do we make love to? He says, make love to your wife. Does that mean your wife? Whose wife? Yeah, what are you talking about, Tom? Come on now. I'm never sure. Love AV consultations. Love our man, Tom McKay. Also love the folks at SentexTickets.com. Oh, yeah. You're trying to get to H-Town for the game tomorrow. They've got tickets for you online at SentexTickets.com. If you're trying to get to Arlington for the Cowboys game on Sunday, tickets on site, SentexTickets.com. Every live sporting event you can think of, they've got tickets for you right there at SentexTickets.com. Plus, concerts, Broadway shows, any big-time event, in Austin or really anywhere across the country. Uh, they've got those tickets 100% guaranteed. You can buy them right from your phone or computer. Just log on to sendtexttickets.com. Yo, Shelby, get them to me. And get them get to me, me quick. quick. Yes, he will. he will. He will. He will. He will. Okay, Buck, yesterday you gave us two Gold star locks for Super Wild Card Weekend. In I made the, one of them a 10,000 unit play. Did I do that with Buffalo? Buffalo minus 10 against Pittsburgh is a 10,000 yeah. unit play. And you have 5,000 units on the Los Angeles Rams of Anaheim plus three at Detroit. Are you sticking with those two? I'm sticking with those two and I'm adding one. Okay. And that will be your fighting Kansas City Chiefs. Sorry, Miami Dolphins. It's going to be a bit cold for you in Kansas City. That sounds horrifying. I don't even be there as a fan. You've been in. You've been to Kansas City in one of those, haven't you? Not 
when it's that cold. I mean, the high tomorrow night is seven and the low is negative eight and it's supposed to be snowing like the entire time. So I, I've been to some freezing games up there. I've been to a snow game up there, but nothing as bad as this. I would not even consider, even if I lived in Kansas city, I wouldn't be going to this game. But how about those dudes from Miami strolling, strolling to Kansas city. Tyreek Tyreek's used to it. He's been there. He understands that he understands the weather there. Do they have this type of weather in Hawaii? Did Tua grow up playing in this stuff? No, that dude, check his record out for temperatures below 45. What about Not below very five? Good. We know his record in temperatures below five? Yeah, well, 45 isn't very good for him. I haven't seen those numbers. I'll see if I could pull them up real I think quick. they're like over. Mm. He just doesn't play well in the cold, and I got it. Okay, here's what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, 10-1 and one in his career in temperatures 40 or below. Thank you very much. Including the playoffs. Tua Tungvaloa, 0-4. What? In temperatures under 40 degrees. Let's make that a 10,000-unit play. The Miami Dolphins are 0-10 in their last 10 games in temperatures below 40 degrees. Yeah, let's make make Buffalo and Kansas City two 10,000-unit plays. Let's get you people well to start out wild card weekend. You already have. I mean, you're up 28,000 units on the that's season. That's not enough for the that's not enough. The the turmoil that I put them through during the course of the season till the very end was too much to bear. Let me be let me be fruitful to you. Mm, Take a, of these fruits. Okay. No. No. Oh. I don't like that at all, actually. Can you, can you reword that, please? <laughs> oh, take the cash. I'm giving you an opportunity to take the cash. How's that? So you're going 10,000 units on the Chiefs minus four and a half. Yes. Okay. So you've got 10,000 on the Bills minus 10, 5,000 on the Rams plus three, 10,000 on the Chiefs minus four and a half. I, the one that scares me I still, I think, is, is the Rams. And I'd love to make a play on – the Texans and, and Cleveland. I really would, but I, I don't want to do that to people from Texas. I just don't want to do that in the Cowboys game. I don't have anything for the Cowboys game, but I, the Cleveland, Cleveland, I still, I still think the Texans are going to win that football game. Okay. I was going to ask, look, you don't have to make it a gold star lock, but I definitely want to hear your thoughts on the two. Yeah, I think they're going to win. I think I, CJ Strauss just found ways to, to win games with the receivers that he has and, and all those receivers that, haven't been starters or just part-times or played limited roles in this this offense this year are playing big now. I mean, they're mm -hmm. they're coming up big and and their big time player is way over the top. You know, I mean, I I just gotta believe that he's gonna make it happen. I think the defense and and that old dude, his time has to come sometime. Why not this week? Old man versus the young man at quarterback. Joe Flacco? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so you're picking the Texans to win that game? Yeah, and and and, and probably a field goal game because okay. Cleveland's Cleveland's not going to give up very much with that defense. Yeah, Cleveland is a, a two point favorite right now for that matchup tomorrow. That's the first game of six that we have. They've got to be able to run the ball. Texans have to be able to run the ball some some. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Well, we'll see if Denzel Ward can play. He's the best corner for the Cleveland. I think he's going to be out. He may be out. It sounds like. Yeah, he was limited in practice yesterday. Uh, you know, the Browns haven't given real any real indication about whether or not Denzel Ward is going to be good to go. It sounds like a game time decision. 
type of situation for him. Um, the Browns with Denzel Ward this year, 10 and 3 in 13 games, giving up just 155 passing mm. yards per game. Without Denzel Ward, they are one and three in four games, giving up closer to 200 passing yards a game. So that secondary drops yeah. off in a big way. And right now, look, the Texans have a couple of okay receivers, but they've got one star receiver, and that's Nico Collins. Yes. And if you're telling me Cleveland's best corner isn't going to be there to cover Nico Collins, then that's obviously advantage Texans. So, uh, yeah, if Denzel Ward can't go, or if he's even limited and he doesn't look right. like the same guy he's looked like for his career – then that's going to be big for C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I mean, weather, not a problem there. So it's going to be that – I mean, I expect them to be – the. I expect the Texans to just do everything that they've been doing as we've seen them. Yeah. You know, whether they have a guy hurt or a guy healthy, they just they just play. And the as defense as, has really played well. So you're, you're right. Yeah, as long as C.J.'s healthy, that's the big one because he was not healthy when these two teams met in Houston right. in Week 16. Uh, the Browns won 36 to 22, but it wasn't even that close. It was 36 to seven before the Texans had a couple of uh, garbage time scores in the fourth quarter when the game was in hand. Key for the Texans, they've got to force some turnovers. You know, as good as Cleveland's been this year, and they've, they, I mean, these might be the two best stories in the NFL from a team standpoint, right? With all the injuries that Cleveland's dealt with, the fact that they're here, impressive. The fact that mm -hmm. the Texans have been the worst team in the NFL for the last three seasons, and here they are winning their division, hosting a playoff game in year one of the D'Amico Ryans era. Ridiculously impressive. But the Browns, for as good as they are, they actually lead the NFL in turnovers this year. And the Texans are actually first in the NFL in turnovers that they have. That is poorly worded. Texans have the fewest giveaways this season. Yes. That's a little, that's a little better. Yeah, there's that's that. Not, there you go. UT journalism degree coming Good in job. clutch right there. So, uh, yeah, ball security is going to be key. If the Texans defense can uh, create a couple of takeaways, get some short fields for C.J. Stroud in that offense, then, okay, advantage Houston. Uh, they've got to be opportunistic as a defense. They've got to hope Joe Flacco gives them one or two. And if that's the case, that's uh, the Texans' <laughs> best shot at pulling off the upset tomorrow, I think. But I like Cleveland, man. Like, yeah, and, and and the other one is I like I like Dallas at home. I just like them because they're home. They're gonna they're gonna give up some stuff because Green Bay is going to attack that secondary. If they can keep that pass rush off of Jordan Love, he's going down the field to these young receivers that he that he feels that that are really playing well at the end of the season for them in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. But you know, Green Bay is going to try to test them in the run game too. If Dallas isn't up for the you know up for it on that defensive line, which they're on, on some occasions they're not. You know, they, they they feel like Jordan Love can throw it down the field, but they want to test him in the run game, first of all. So, I mean, okay. I, and I think Dallas will get off to a fast start. They get off to a fast start at home. And they nobody can cover C.J. Lamb. Nobody. There's, there's nobody in the NFL that can cover that dude. C.D. Lamb? C.D. Lamb, I'm sorry. C.D. Lamb, he's uncoverable right now. One more thing on the Texans real quick, if I may. Okay. Uh, Amari Cooper. Speaking oh. of no, nobody can cover him, he had 265 yards in the Browns win over Houston in the regular season. So maybe cover that dude. Be my yeah, there's a good chance you probably should maybe put two on him. Yeah, Joe Flacco had five completions of 20 yards or more in that first matchup. That can't happen again. Okay, Cowboys. Um, yeah, look, the Packers are 5-0 and at AT&T Stadium. 4-0 against the Cowboys. Their fifth win came in their Super Bowl victory over Pittsburgh. That game was played at Jerry World uh, back in, what, 2010 or whenever that game was. So 
That place has been very kind to the Green Bay Packers. And obviously, you think of some of the historic matchups these two teams have had in the playoffs. You hate this team. Don't you hate this team? I hate the Packers, dude. In in recent years, like the Packers have won those matchups. We just passed the nine-year anniversary of the Dez Caught It game. That was yesterday. Oh, the one that hit the you mean the one that hit the ground? Yeah, after he had taken 18 steps. Oh he he caught it and then was down. Change the rules, but still nobody knows what the rule is. Right, but everybody knows that that was a catch, regardless of what that stupid-ass rule was. Completed pass. You don't believe that. I do believe that. Nobody actually believes that. The people who say that just like the Packers or hate the Cowboys. It hit the ground. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, that's a fumble. Fumbles hit the ground, and then, you know, the guy recovered. Harbaugh, there are rules. Oh, the Cowboys (laughs) were cheating? No, the Packers were cheating. They got that Lambeau love from the refs that's always my favorite thing to do you know before every game you see the refs do the lambo leap i know wait that doesn't actually happen but it sure feels <laughs> like it does <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you've caught a number of them jumping into the stands yeah let me see really? if i can let me see if i could find a a pick of a ref doing a lambo leap here and thank god this game is uh in arlington for a million different yeah. reasons i mean cowboys get off to a fast start look out yeah, yeah, they do. Let's, and they uh, need to get off. To, and they have been getting off the fast starts at home, so. There we go. Look at that. Real footage of a ref <laughs> doing a Lambeau leap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Up in Green Bay. Some, dr- some drunk in the stands are throwing out onto the field. Hey, get out there and do your job. Some no dude way, came man. Dr- he came dressed like that a really, ref and they threw him out there. That really happened. The ref made a big call for the Packers in a close game against the Browns. And what is that, Hockley up there? Come on, Hockley, get down. <laughs> Gene You're Steratore. embarrassing yourself. No way, man. He had to get some love from his uh, his favorite fans right there. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, you're right. Uh, Cowboys got to get off to a fast start. They've done a great job of doing that at home all season long. The Cowboys haven't played a lot of teams with winning records. Obviously, Green Bay and every team that the Cowboys – We'll see for the rest of the way. We'll have a winning record. So uh, that's been the biggest indictment on Dallas this season. I guess there's been two. Number one, they've been average at best on the road. And number two, against good teams, they have struggled. Even at home, right? They played three winning teams at home. They beat the crap out of Philadelphia, but Philadelphia, not good right now. The other two games, the Cowboys played against winning teams in Arlington this season. The back-and-forth affair against Seattle who didn't make the playoffs. Seattle damn near won that game. That was like 41 to 35 or something crazy like that. And obviously the very controversial finish against Detroit a couple of weeks ago. So it's more of a, the Cowboys just haven't been awesome against good teams this year. So obviously they lost to Buffalo by a lot on the road. They lost to Miami in a close game, but good team. Well, on the Green road. Bay's a good team right now. Green Bay's a good team. They're playing really good football. Now they're not as good as Detroit or Miami or Buffalo, I think, but uh, they've been hot. They did what they needed to do down the stretch to get that final wild card spot in the NFC. Jordan Love second in the NFL behind only Dak Prescott in touchdown passes this year. Aaron Jones has had a rough year, but he's got three straight 100-yard games on the ground. And it's you know, the Cowboys in the playoffs, so I'm horrified. What is Micah Parsons talking about about this game? I've, I've, I've seen some interviews where Micah Parsons has had something to say about this particular game, but I have not caught the interviews yet. So I got to believe he's doing his Twitter thing and talking about not in our house and, and all this other stuff. 
Oh, yeah, I'm the sure he's basic, saying something. The basic bullshit that they do. Yeah, that's what he always does. Yeah, I haven't seen anything that uh, has made any major headlines, so I don't think he – Because you're the bulletin board material guy. You're just waiting for Green Bay to do something. If Oh, yeah, I don't know if that will happen. If Michael Parsons came out and said Jordan Love sucks ass, then I think we would have heard about it. So I don't think he said anything extreme, but I'm sure like if he was asked for a prediction on this game, you know who's yeah. picking to win. So – yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen any bulletin board material for uh, either side in this matchup. Cowboys have to stop the run. Like yes. the Packers, Packers are here because Jordan Love has been better than I think even Packers fans expected him to be in his first year. But the Cowboys have struggled, and when the Cowboys have struggled as a team, it's because they haven't been able to stop the run. That's right. So, once again, Aaron Jones is playing well down the stretch. Only had 600-something yards this year, which is like a career low for him. But he maybe has found something. He's gotten healthier in the last month of the regular season. And the Cowboys' inability to stop the run has been their Achilles heel this season. So that that should be Green Bay's game plan is, hey, run it until Dallas stops it. Oh, that's and, for sure. And if Dallas can't stop it, then, you know, as great as Dak has been, for me, he's the MVP of the league. He's not going to win it. But as great as he and that offense has been this year, CeeDee Lamb too, if Green Bay wins the time of possession battle and they can establish their ground game, then that's going to make life tough for Dallas on Sunday. Yeah, and, and for Dak, he's just got to keep playing that game of don't turn the ball over. Just keep doing what you've been doing. And as I said, there's nobody that can cover C.D. Lamb. He's just – that's a problem. that they, they, that they they That's what Green Bay will be looking at. And the tight end. You know, I mean, that, that, that this, this passing offense has played really, really well. And I think they've done a great job of protecting Dak Prescott this year. I think he's done a great job of – of when to take off and run and slide, you know, he hasn't taken any big hits. He's been pretty, he's pretty, pretty effective on on when to get the hell out of the pocket. Now, you know, you were waiting for that, which tells me that that foot and all that stuff is back. He's back to being. He's not like he was in his first couple of years. He's not that kind of guy because he's gotten too many hits on him. But he does know how to run now. He, he understands when to leave the pocket, slide, get the first down. I, I like the way he's playing. Run instead of forcing a pick in there, he'll take off and go. Yep, that should be a big part of uh, the Cowboys' game plan. Uh, you know, you, you save Dak Prescott for the playoffs. It's the playoffs. Yes. And if you don't want to run that much in the regular season because you don't want to injure your franchise quarterback because you're worried it's going to hurt your team's chances in the playoffs, I get it. But it's winner go home now. Yes. And, and Dak's legs can be a weapon. He ain't Lamar Jackson. We know that. But his legs can be a weapon. So use that. Let me ask you this, Buck. Green Bay ranks 28th in the NFL in terms of rushing yards allowed per game. Can Tony Pollard actually have a big game? No, but the other dude can. Rico? Yeah. Might just get hit with the Rico Dowdle? Yes. Okay. Hit it, throw him in there and, and soften him up a little bit. Tony Pollard's not softening anybody up. He's had a good year, but he's not He's he's not not against that defense. They've got some big guys on their defensive line. You know their linebackers are just okay, but you know they've got they've got two guys that are pretty pretty good. I, I don't I'm not particularly sold on their secondary. That's why I said, hey, just give me a couple runs and go play action pass and let's get into that secondary of Green Bay's. Mm -hmm. Get off to a fast start in, in the throwing game for Dallas this week. Someone on the text line says, "Is Jonathan Hankins playing? He's the interior D lineman for the Cowboys. He's been limited at practice this week, so." Uh, sounds like a game yeah. Don't throw that big thumper from Boston College at you too. Still, from Boston College at you. The running too. back at Green Bay. They'll bring. They'll oh, bring, AJ Dillon. They'll bring Dillon in there, and they'll they'll try to soften. 
if you're not up for it, they'll run Dylan over and over at you too because yeah. he can get the hard four now. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you go after the hard fours too, right? And that was your move back in your single back day. Back in the days, yeah. yeah I, didn't, I didn't want a 10. Just give me a nice hard four. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were not even going for like sixes or sevens. You just want the fours? Give me the late night hard four. I'm good. What are you, what are you like Steph Curry? You're just trying to hit a bunch of threes? <laughs> yeah. I'm late at night. I need to get – I need to score it. I'll take that four over here. You can take, you can go chase that nine, that mm. eight and a half. See that four over there, the one in the corner that nobody's looking at? That's mine. That's a sure thing right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, you're, you're a numbers guy. You're a quantity over quality guy, huh? I've I've got plenty of oh, those little shot glasses that are turned down. If somebody has the shot glasses for me, I can give her three easily. I'll take one. She can take three. People have bought me shots all night long. You got the, you know, they give you the empty little shot glasses saying that you got free drinks. Well, that's what they do in Pennsylvania. That's a deal. If somebody buys your drink and you're not ready for it, they just give you an upside down shot glass, stick it in front of you. And these are the ones you have left. I'll give her three to one. It's a great bit. You like that bit, don't you? You don't see it. I don't, I don't see it here. What did I see it here before? Now I've, I was a drunk for a long time. Like yeah. it seemed all my life. So I, I don't really recall that bit. No, you, if when somebody bought you a shot, you had to drink it then. Pennsylvania, they give you empty shot glasses and they sit in front of you and they take one away and whatever. You've never what? seen that bit with the no. shot glass? I mean, no. I've, how old am I? 29. I've been drinking for about 20 years now and I have not seen that. I'll do 29 or, or 30. Yeah, 20, 29. So, okay, you've about, been drinking for 27 years. Yeah. I, I not got just you. 20, not 27. I okay. had to start that early. Um, yeah, that's a great. Bit. I wish that was a thing. No, you, I don't think you can do that now. Like a save a shot deal. That's nice. Well, they just put them in so they'll know who somebody had bought you one. You no, know, they've already paid for your drink. It's just yeah. lined up in front of you. Wow. I very, I, like I very seldom had any empties in front of me. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. saving those. Back somebody would say, "Is are, are are those empties bottles that you still bottles?" Yeah. Uh, slot down here, barkeep. You uh, <laughs> you picking the Cowboys to win on Sunday? I am. Okay. For Post sure. game? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Minus not seven really. I mean, one. 10 is okay. 10 okay. point win, 10, 10 to 14. Take it. I'll I think they'll it. get – they just, they're just such a fast starting team at home. You know, they make things happen. I think the defense will be good early. I think they'll start giving up stuff in the third quarter in the run game, but they'll hold on because, you know, the Cowboys in the fourth quarter, they're not trying to run out the clock. They're trying to score more points. They're not taking knees on anybody, yeah. which I like. Yeah, and the playoffs. I don't want my, oh, football, play, don't want my football players. What are you taking a knee for? What's wrong and, with and, you? And, you know, McCarthy's going up against the team that fired him, right? Like, you got to rub it in. You got to stick it to him a little bit if you get sure the you chance. Sure you do. Sure you do. Just don't make any of your goofy mistakes here. Uh, please. I don't, think I don't think they'll be in that kind of situation that's going to that he will cost them. He'll still make something stupid, a stupid mistake. But it won't it won't mean anything. Yeah, we'll wait till the divisional round for that to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. When it really, <laughs> really matters, yes. Uh-huh. All right. Jory Epstein from uh, Yahoo Sports will join us in a couple of minutes. She's a senior NFL reporter, someone I've known since high school, went to UT. Uh, awesome. And she's one of the best in the business right now. She's gonna join us to talk more about these NFL playoff games and uh, maybe some of the coaching news going around the NFL as well. But let's give some shout-outs to a few more of our sponsors, Buck. How about Covert and BK? Since 1909, the Covert family has been selling cars, trucks, and SUVs in Central Texas. They've got Covert Ford and Chevy and Hutto. Of course, they've got Covert uh, 
Lincoln and Ford in Austin, Texas. But out there in beautiful Bee Caves, Texas, they've got them all. Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram on 42 acres. For more information, go to covertbcave.com. Find out about the latest specials in the month of January. They are filled with specials out there. Say hello to Dan Covert and Stacy and Mike out there. And folks, you need to know this. Nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. It just does not happen. Hey, no. if you're looking for beer to drink this yes. weekend, Altstadt beer, the best beer that you can find all across the state of Texas. Holiday weekend. Some of y'all might have three days off, ringing the long weekend the right way with a nice cold Altstadt beer, or maybe a few Altstadt beers. If you're hunkered down trying to avoid the cold weather, staying inside, staying in your heat, you still need a great beer to drink. Make that Altstadt. They've got a number of different brews, something for every beer drinker out there. And every Altstadt is brewed with just four simple ingredients. No additives, no preservatives, no sugars in any of the Altstadt family of beers. You're drinking something clean. You're going to taste the difference when you're drinking it. You're also going to feel the difference the next day as well. Altstadt is a clean beer. The taste is absolutely right. I say it all the time. I'm going to keep saying it. One sip and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. I might try to sneak some on my flight today. Is that a good idea? Put it in your carry-on bag. So if somebody takes it out and has the shit in your bag, you know, you could always use the Alstat, clean it out, shake it around, and then put it back up. Hey, remember, put it back up, okay? Oh, after you're done taking the crap in the carry-on, make sure you close it up and put it back. Close it up and put it back up top. (laughs) Overhead (laughs) compartment. And make sure that overhead compartment is secure. You know what I mean? Push that thing down. You don't want anything because, you know, things do tend to move around in flight. So let's be careful that that bag doesn't come falling down on anybody. I hope Jory is not hearing this right now. Well, we've had some problems. These flights have had problems. Yes. Hey, portable. Hey, somebody (laughs) call it portable. Row 15. A. It's going to be A. They've got to use the portable potty. So that thing comes up in a big string. They stop it right there. The person gets out. They do what they have to. They pull it back the other way. They empty it into the regular potty, and we're, everybody's happy. Nobody's sad. Even if you get to see a naked backside originally, is that better than having it in the seat? Anything's better than having it on the seat, right? Right. Okay. So you're with me on this new thing that I, this new gadget I'm talking about. I'm going to yeah. sell this to, I'm going to sell this. And the first place I'm going is Delta. I'm going to say, <laughs> you owe me a sit down executives at delta uh yeah you are going bankrupt if this is your big idea because nobody's buying this i don't know maybe it should just pop out in front of the seats you know not in front but like in the aisle this has to go in the aisle you understand this this doesn't go back in the corner where the man servants are it stays in the aisle so what do you do after it's done you bring it up to the front of the plane and dump it in the toilet yeah somebody's got to dump that thing how much are you paying for this portable? Longhorn Bear says airlines will charge you 50 bucks to use this. Is that is that a thing? You got to pay to use oh, the emergency? No. Are they going to make you pay? They will, won't they? That's no. going to be the added cost. Spirit Airlines will charge you 250 for something like oh, that. Oh, no. I didn't think about it's going to cost. It's just like the little when little kids learn how to use the bathroom the first time. There's that little wooden thing. Well, back in the day, it was wood for you. You probably just have gone straight to the big potty. You used to have to sit on this little wooden thing with a little plastic bowl underneath it. That's how you learned. And you'd take a dump in there or you'd pee in there. And you just throw it in the regular can, just in the regular toilet, wash it all out, put it over there where that big red tube is, the hot, that little hot water bottle that we talked about months ago. 
Mm-hmm. That all that all stored in the same little room. But no, if I had that port, maybe if it was a blow up, like a blow up doll, and you could put it in the middle of the aisle. How about that? A blow up doll, like a sex well, like, doll. Well, no, sort like yeah, a toilet, like a, a toilet that you know you could rest your arms on it, bounced around like a little bouncy bounce, like the bouncy bounce. Hey, that's yeah. even better. You can put it under there with your life preserver, your your seat, your floating device. How about yeah. that? You've had some bad ideas in your time on this. These are earth. two of the best. These are two of the worst ideas. Not only you, but anyone has ever had ever. Okay, the bouncy bounce was kind of silly, <laughs> but you know the pull up potty uh, is gonna that will work, and people will use that. You know the lady that the lady that dropped trowel and said, "I don't give a you know what." You know yeah. she would use that, right? She would yeah. sit in the middle of the house. She wouldn't care. Yeah, I see Jory in the waiting room right now, yeah. and I'm I'm worried we've scared her away. Oh with, no, uh, let her join. So thank God, this is saved by the jury today on today's show. <laughs> uh, joining us now is the great Jory Epstein, someone I've known since high school, a graduate of the journalism school at the University of Texas, now a senior NFL reporter for Yahoo Sports. She is a superstar in the sports media industry, the best at covering football in the world, and she's nice enough to give us some time on a Friday before the football weekend. What's up, Jory? Brad, awesome to see you guys. So happy to be here. I would say I was scared already when I got the invite, so the conversation can't scare me further. So not to worry. We are at the same level of fear we were an hour ago. There you oh. go. I mean, it's just, I mean, flights these days, it's just anything can happen on a flight. And it generally <laughs> does. And we're just trying to help people. We're not we're not trying to scare people away from the airlines. I mean, I've got to fly, I've got to fly to places. I'm not driving anywhere. So, you know, it's it's just that they can do better. And there are ways to do better. And they're simple things. They're not even big things. I don't need an extra bathroom. I just need a potty. I don't need the extra bathroom. I'm not asking for that. Just a pullable down the aisle. Here it comes. Here it comes to you. A man who knows what he wants. That's important. There you go. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us. All right, Jory. Well, we'll start with uh, the Cowboys, and then we'll go to some of the other big storylines in the NFL. And you've been all over the Bill Belichick news in New England, too, so we'll ask you about that. But uh, for the Cowboys, look, you grew up in Dallas with me. We, we know about the drought for the Cowboys and the playoff struggles since we've been kids. Uh, how big is this year for Dallas? I mean, Mike McCarthy, is his job on the line over these next couple of weeks? And does this feel like maybe the most important year for the Cowboys in the playoffs in a long time? Because you've got year eight for Dak Prescott, year four for Mike McCarthy. I think it would be unfair to say that Mike McCarthy has not already done more than Jason Garrett to have three back-to-back playoff years, 12 and five seasons when Jason Garrett wouldn't even have consecutive playoff berths. But he was hired because of the Super Bowl experience he had, because of what he could do in the playoffs. And he's got a quarterback who's playing at the best level of his career, in part because of what Mike McCarthy has done with the offense. And so I think that what you have right now, if they weren't healthy and if they had an insane level of injuries, fine, but they have what it takes to at least make it to the NFC championship. And I mean, the number of like revenge storylines around the NFL this weekend are fantastic. And one of them is definitely, hey, Mike McCarthy going against the Green Bay Packers. Dak Prescott's first playoff loss was to Mike McCarthy and the Green Bay Packers. So there's definitely a lot going on here. And in terms of his job security, I always say the same thing with the quarterback. If you're going to get rid of a guy, do you have someone better ready to go? Do you feel confident you will have an upgrade or are you just trying to make a change for change sake? I think there's been enough positive momentum on the Cowboys that you don't want to make a change for change sake. But I also think 
okay, are we, I, I think two things can be true. I think you can not be better without, with a different head coach and also consider success for this season only if you make it to the conference championship game for the first time in 28 odd years. Now, what you do if you're in between, that becomes a question, but I think we should be realistic about the success the Cowboys have had and also about the fact that now they need to do it when it matters most. You know, the one thing I see from this, 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 this Cowboys team is the fact that there's no, there's no panic in what the offense is all about under Mike McCarthy. Now, I mean, uh, before, even under Calamore, it always seemed to be, there was, there was something about a little bit of panic. Oh, we're at a part in the third quarter where we're panicking. We got to throw the ball. We have to, we've got to do this. We've got to do that. Mike McCarthy seems to be in full control of what, what they want to do. But first of all, when they're at home, it's, they're never behind. They're always trying to lengthen out their leads right now. So it is, it's always seemingly calm, but I haven't seen a lot of panic in what they do offensively. Now they just go about their business. They score. They're very efficient on offense, whether it's run and pass this season where before it's almost like we've got to throw the ball. We've got to trick them. You know, the year before it was, let's try our little trick plays here and there. We'll get away with one, but we'll miss out on five of them. But now it's just pretty clean offense right now. Yeah. I think what's funny is you look at Dak Prescott and you say, how do you go in one year from leading the league in interceptions despite missing five games to leading the league in touchdowns a year later? And for sure, part of that is Dak. But I think to me, the number one reason for that is the chemistry and the understanding between Dak and his receivers, between Dak and everyone else on the field about what they're doing when Dak is passing. And I wrote about this during training camp and again recently after visiting the star, which is this idea of like the receiver's routes are now tied to Dak's footwork in a way that they weren't before. So they know when is he going to throw. And based on that, what does that mean for their option routes? Uh, the offensive line have a better understanding of what that means for the protection. And, and it's also the case that now when Dak's getting out of the pocket, which he's been one of the best quarterbacks on the run and outside of the pocket this season, they understand what they need to do to continue that. And so I think when you talk about the panic, to me, it's no one needs to panic anymore because it's not just Dak operating at this super high level and hoping everybody understands things in the same way, which is not a knock on them. Dak is just a really smart guy. It's everyone is understanding together what they're doing and why, which makes him so much more consistent on game day. Hmm. Yeah, Jory, you talked about the Mike McCarthy versus Green Bay storyline. You've got a number of intriguing storylines in Super Wildcard Weekend. For you, maybe outside of the Cowboys-Packers game, what's the most compelling of all of the uh, great storylines we're getting this weekend? Yeah, I would say outside of the Cowboys. I mean, it's crazy. You've got Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. You've got Tyreek Hill going back to Kansas City. You've got Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford in the Rams. And I, I would say that's more of a revenge game for Jared Goff because he's the one who Sean McVay got rid of. But I think as interesting as any of those, and I think probably it's not being as talked about, is the the Browns and the Texans facing off. And it's not for either of them. It's the fact that the Texans were at a high level and then we're, we're running to the ground for several reasons, including the loss of Deshaun Watson. The, the Browns, we're just struggling to find a quarterback and have that success. They finally sell a lot of things, including depending who you ask, maybe their soul to get to Sean Watson. And then they're having this playoff success, not because of him, but in spite of him, I can only imagine what's going through his mind, but you have two teams, both of whom relied on Deshaun Watson at some point and are not relying on him to end up with this playoff berth that I think for sure in Houston and arguably in Cleveland, people did not think we're going to happen this season. No, Drew. What's your take on the the Philadelphia Eagles now? I mean, this is this is a it was a dominating football team last year. Injuries have just messed with them. There's there's something different about losing your offense and your defensive coordinators the following year after playing in a Super Bowl. 
I mean, that's 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 enough an, enough to upset the apple cart as it is. But the fact that the injuries have gotten him and their quarterback, he's just I just think he's he's not been healthy the entire football season. And it doesn't look like he's going to be healthy going into this game with a with a, a hand injury. So it's going to be interesting to me. Do they still have enough firepower to to win this game on the road against Tampa Bay? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm going to that game. I'll be in Tampa, get there Sunday, cover that game Monday night. I'm not conv- I know the Eagles were betting favorites last I checked, unless the line has moved. I'm not convinced that they're the better team right now. I think that you need some degree of cohesion among your team on both sides of the ball. And I don't think they have that. You mentioned injuries and they definitely have some. I don't know why that to me has not been. I I, I haven't felt like they've had injuries beyond the norm in the NFL, but I do think that they've lost a little bit of their sense of direction about in the NFL with this league of parity, everyone's so good at everything you have to have. What are you so much better at? And I think the Eagles lost their sense of what they're so much better at. And I think that Nick Sirianni is really going to be, he's going to be under a hot seat. I mean, my colleague, Charles Robinson wrote last week about like, hey, if Nick can't win in Tampa Bay, you really have to ask yourselves, what can what can he do? And is he the right guy? If the coordinators leave and you have that degree of a drop off, what does that say about your head coach? Now, I think that you also have to ask yourself, okay, Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator, spends a lot of time in Houston from the Houston area like uh, Jalen Hurts. Well, he he might not be having the best season this year, but also Jalen Hurts had seven straight years with new offensive coordinators. He finally got stability last year with Shane Steichen, had the best year of his career. So again, going back to the Mike McCarthy question, is Jalen Hurts better off with Brian Johnson and stability or with a new direction? And I think that that should be what, what decides this. Not as Brian Johnson, the best theoretical offensive coordinator, but what is best for your franchise quarterback you played a ton of money to and what's best for him in 2024? And it's a different defense. This defense it doesn't pressure the quarterback like they did last year. They got some older players. I know they've got the young kid from Georgia that's playing for him. It's, when he's on the field, he's fantastic, but they've missed him a little bit. They miss guys in the secondary. And and, and the and the one thing to me is, I, I don't think people realize this. They missed the, the the guy that they went off to Carolina, the, the running back that had his best year that came from Penn State, who had the best year of a running back for the Eagles in a long time last year. I think they missed him this year. There was something about the way that guy played last year for them, and he wasn't there for him this year. I don't think they were consistent enough running the football. Yeah, I mean, I think Miles Sanders, they kind of believed that that he was doing what he was doing at least as much because of the offensive line right. as because of him. And I think, again, that offensive line has been good this year. I don't know that it's been elite this year. And that was their calling card for so long that because no one was better than their offensive line and their offensive line, they've got the best offensive line coach in the league. They had a, a group of the best players who'd also been playing together for so long, like the Cowboys. That used to be five years ago. I remember Tony Romo talking about this. That was where the Cowboys were better than everyone when Dak Prescott had gotten to the league. It was having that offensive line and having that Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, um, Tyron Smith, that whole group. And so I think you're going to have to really ask yourselves what what in, in Philly is going to be the calling card in 2024. And the other reason I think you should question Nick Sirianni is not because he deserves to be on the hot seat, but they got rid of Doug Peterson so soon after he took yes. the team to a Super Bowl. And so if you're willing to take, if you're willing to get rid of Doug after he won the Super Bowl, don't act like Nick is now safe because he got them to a Super Bowl. Like that is just a general manager with a quick trigger. It's a great point. Yeah. Jory Epstein from Yahoo sports joining us this morning on Texas sports unfiltered Jory, You've been all over the two 
major coaching changes in the NFL over the last couple of days. And we've seen some in college too, of course, but uh, Pete Carroll gone after 14 years in Seattle and then Bill Belichick gone after 24 years in new England. Just your thoughts on, uh, on those two decisions made by those two franchises. Yeah, it's been a crazy week. I actually was, I was in Austin briefly last weekend and went to new England for Bill Belichick's final game as head coach of the Patriots was there on Monday as well to to get there for his press conference and then for the last locker room availability of the season. And I think what struck me is that the players didn't seem like, oh, we've lost faith in this guy or even that we fear him. They were very much like, we like him. He's funny. He like helps us out. And I think to me, and I'll be writing about this in the next couple of weeks, that speaks to what's next for Bill Belichick, because I expected a, a locker room of players who respected him, but didn't necessarily like and, and feel warm toward him and I honestly felt like they came off as protective over him and so whether it's Atlanta Falcons or somewhere else I do think even at 72 years old he still connects with players and he still has a resume that someone should pick up like it's funny on one hand you're like how could he not get a job how could Mike Grable not get a job even Pete Carroll if he truly is free and I'll get to that in a second um and then you're like okay but there's also Jim Harbaugh there's also Ben Johnson the Lions offensive coordinator there's all these up-and-coming candidates and it's kind of this weird year where there is a quarter of the league already has their jobs open and we could have a couple more after this weekend but I still think that we're probably going to have one guy whether that's a Vrabel or someone else who is surprisingly not getting a head coaching opportunity just because of the supply of guys out there on the market um the Patriots are I believe it, I, I, you'll have to tell me uh, yeah. whether it was official already or if it's just been reported. I but saw Gerard, the Schefter, Schefter tweet. I don't know if Yeah, I was going to say, let's it, see but... if the Patriots have reported it themselves yet. I don't think they have. But about as official as it could be, their defensive yeah. quarter, Gerard Mayo. And look, you got to give them credit. Even in their 4-13 and 13 year, that defense was always competitive. They didn't give up. And so um, I give the Patriots credit for realizing, like, hey, we have something that's worked. But the number one reason we need to change it up is because – Bill Belichick was the head coach. He was the general manager. He was the head of everything, and we need something different. And I will contrast that with what I saw in Seattle's press conference this week with Pete Carroll, which is that, first of all, it was kind of bizarre. Pete Carroll's telling the general manager, John Schneider, after 14 years, you have your opportunity. And I'm like, what? Like, I literally looked up, like, when did he get this job? Like, was he doing something for 14 years beforehand? And Pete Carroll was like, low-key throwing shade at John Schneider that like I've been running this all along but you can have it now and like mm -hmm. I know that it was kind of understood that he had control but that was a little bit wild but then he was like and I'll be cheering you on and everyone's like cool so what's your role going to be as you evolve from head coach to advisor and he's like yeah I'm not really sure yet we'll figure it out and they're like great so will you have uh, what, will your, what will your participation be in the head coaching search? And he's like, oh, I'm not going to be involved at all in the head coaching search. That's John. And I think you get to the point, and Robert Kraft said it so well yesterday, which is that Bill Belichick had to go, not because he couldn't stay as head coach and not GM, because then you have a confusion of where the power is. And it's, okay, well, Bill used to do this. Someone else is doing it now. If it goes wrong, who's responsible and who's accountable? Well, I think that's a big problem in Seattle, is that if you have Pete Carroll, who was doing both, now he's saying, okay, John, you've got the – the front office power. Oh, and by the way, this head coach is coming in who I'm not going to be involved with. Well, then what is Pete Carroll doing and how is he not just getting in the way? And I'm not saying that he doesn't have a lot to offer. I think he has a ton to offer, but I think that the Seahawks, after I listened to Pete Carroll's press conference, I came away thinking they would be better off letting Pete Carroll go somewhere else. He also made very clear one. He was not ready to go because of his age. He, I mean, I don't know if I'll, I'll pull up the clip for your listeners or something where he's like, I'm fired up. I'm jacked up. I've got all the energy. I'm not tired. I'm not worn down. 
And I literally felt like I was watching the press conference at 1.5 speed because of the way that Pete Carroll talks. It's just funny because like, I do listen to my podcast at 1.5 speed, but I'm like, this is live. It can't be at 1.5. But he also said that he competed hard to be the head coach. And so it's like, if he still wants to coach, he didn't want to leave. I just think you're setting yourself up for a really awkward power dynamic if you keep Pete Carroll in the building. Yeah, he sounded a lot different than when Nick Saban hit the podium because Nick sounded tired. He sounded like, you know what, I've been doing this a long time and keeping up with these kids and the way the kids change every year and all the things that are happening in college football, it's just tiring. This is a young man's game. But uh, Pete Carroll sounded like he's still ready to go. They they just looked sounded like they wanted him out. It was just some of the maneuvers he made. I, I know they weren't still happy with you know the quarterback situation. Although they got to the playoffs last year, I, I know they just weren't happy about that. And it looked like this was Pete Carroll's guy, and and it wasn't everybody's guy. And I, although he was well, he was the MVP, wasn't he last year? Geno Smith. Yeah, Geno Smith was a yeah. comeback player you know, of the year. Uh, yeah, comeback player, comeback of, the player year. of the year. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. I, I didn't, I never got the feel that he was anybody's guy but Pete Carroll's guy, and and they were like saying, okay, you got to get us back, at least get us back to the playoffs, and it was almost like they were ready for Pete Carroll to get out. Pete Carroll didn't seem like he was ready. He is that guy will have plenty of energy at eighty, you know. But yeah, and he, their 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 news conferences were totally different. Nick seemed like he was, boy, this is a relief. I'm worn out. I need for some rest. I need to go play with grandkids. Pete Carroll's like, I'm ready to go. What, what do you need me to do? Right. No, I, I, th- I think you're right. And I think that it's definitely something when you look at all of these major coaching moves you think about in terms of where they're going to land. Jory, last thing for me. Um, we were texting yesterday, setting up this interview, and I was like, okay, I want to ask you about who you think should win these NFL awards. And you're like, uh, can't do that because I'm actually on the panel of people who vote for these NFL awards. But you did say we could ask you about kind of how the process works and the arguments that y'all have behind the scenes when trying to vote on these uh, major NFL awards. So we'd love the inside and some behind the scenes on the, whatever you can tell us without getting yourself in trouble. Yeah, we don't want to like screw with the betting odds or anything for these awards. But well, we we kind of, I mean, you know, if you, <laughs> have something, you we can text me that. We over here. Yeah. No, I was- my brother last night he's like so who'd you vote for and I'm like this is my first year like even though I tell my family most things I feel like just for tonight like no let's not do it Zach but um it was fascinating because I'm like okay I haven't done this before I watch a lot of football but by no means do I feel like I'm like Bill Belichick expert in it how do you go about this process and it's it's two things it's one the all pro votes which I think the all pro team is actually going to be released today um last I heard I don't know what time and then you have the main ballot which is MVP offensive player of the year defensive player of the year offensive and defensive rookie of the year uh comeback player of the year which we were just talking about head coach and assistant coach and so it's a lot and like especially when you get into all pro and it's like you've got offense defense and special teams and you've got first team and second team. So it's like six receiver. I mean, actually six receivers made a little bit easier. I'm almost wondering if we need to change the process over time because like not every team is running like 13 personnel. And I think that that was interesting. But for me, it was my strength in this industry has never been that I can watch film better than anyone and break it down. I didn't even watch football growing up. And so I think what I tried to do instead is say, okay, I've spent seven years building up my source base. It's not Adam Schefter level, but thankfully I do have a few people around the league. How can I tap into that? How can I reach out to GMs and assistant GMs and say like, hey, now you have a full funnel league. Which assistant coaches have impressed you the most? How can I reach out to, to coordinators around the league and say, okay, Lamar, Dak, Christian McCaffrey, 
Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, like who scares you the most? Who's the toughest to game plan? I especially tried to to compare. I had on my screen up uh, the schedules from teams with candidates I was deciding between and trying to find common opponents so that I could then ask someone on the other side. So, okay, the defensive back coach on this team that played two receivers, I'm deciding between who was tougher, or the linebackers coach on this team, or no, it was the running backs coach on one team that's in the playoffs. I was asking him between two linebackers. And then you try and get consensus. What's funny is that I feel better when I talk to people than when I just go off my gut instinct, because I think they know better. But then you also have to ask yourself, well, you can't be exhaustive and talk to every single position coach. So how slanted is it? So I think I kind of like I'm a perfectionist and I definitely feel like my system wasn't as strong as I want it to be and never will be. But I've already thought of like 700 ways to to make it even stronger. But it was a super interesting exercise because I had PFF stats. I had pro football reference for basic stats. I had next gen stats. I had ESPN has the pass rush win rate, pass uh, run stop win rate and for offensive and defensive line. I used those. I was trying to kind of compare. And then once I got to a general place of like my five top candidates that I needed three for, then go to my source and, and ask them. And so to me, I think another thing I'd love to do next year is even start asking guys a month earlier, like, hey, what's most important to you? Like if I'm deciding on defensive player of the year, do you care more about sacks? Do you care more about tackles for loss? If someone had uh, a forced fumble, like if someone got a takeaway, how do you compare that to a sack that killed a drive? If you have a quarterback, well, how do you, how important to you is it? Like Josh Allen's a monster in a lot of ways, but in good ways and bad ways, he's got a lot of interceptions. So how much should I dock him for that? Lamar's stats aren't the same, but when I see what Lamar did against the, the toughest teams and the biggest moments, well, you have to give credit to that. So I think that uh, those were some of the gazillion things that were going through my mind in a process that I feel like is never over. Joy, is uh, is uh, Lamar able to be, I mean, the comeback, is he possibly, could he be the comeback player of the year? <laughs> Are they counting that 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 missed time that, he's, that he had last year? Because it's incredible to see this guy's going to be actually playing in the playoffs. I mean, is right. he eligible to be a comeback player of the year? So it's a great question. What I'll tell you is like, I had one coach I reached out to about linebackers and he was like, who's on the ballot? And I'm like, that's the thing. They're not giving us like 10 guys circle. This is not multiple choice. This is a fill in the blank. And so anyone is eligible. Huh. Like, I'm not saying that anyone, like, you, they don't say, they don't say here are the criteria. Okay. They just say comeback player of the year. So again, I think Lamar is sort of on like the minimal end of the eligible because he missed some time next year. Like it's CJ Stroud, but I don't know, maybe you say CJ Stroud had concussion in the middle of the season, comeback player of the year, something like, again, that would obviously be a little bit of a liberal definition, but, but my point is anyone could be. Okay. Interesting. Jory, you are the absolute mm -hmm. best. Uh, I can't imagine how busy you've been this week. So thank you so much for joining us the day before the playoffs start. Uh, all the best to your family. Hope to see you at some point this year, but uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. Oh, it was so great to join you on. I'm going to have to regale your listeners with two quick Brad stories before I go, because that's thank where you. we're at. So the first one is, I assume everyone on the show, like you got to tell me, does everyone know about Brad's um, high school decision of where he was going to college? Is that is that a familiar story in this part of town? No, I mean, he, he we've, we've got stuff like gumbo sharing with other dudes. I don't know if he's been a part of anything like that. Give me, no, we don't know okay, that. Well, much. well, again, this is actually perfect because this is a video platform. Brad, when he was, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. When you were, when he was deciding where he was going to go to college, did a whole hat thing like the recruits and it was like, no. where he was going to go. So we need to make sure we get that on the show ASAP because that is way too corny. 
For, <laughs> hey, it, it's actually the perfect level of corny for Brad. Yes, I was a five-star five-star journalism recruit, okay? Like, it was a big deal where I was going to college. You should have went to Syracuse. I'm, I'm glad you said five-star journalism recruit because that leads me into, like, my second writing uh, memory of, of, of Brad. So I'm, like, I'm a big school person. Like, one of the – there are a lot of reasons I ended up in sports, one of which was because I didn't want to cover news for the Daily Text and at UT because I didn't want to miss class when news broke. Brad just didn't go to class. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on here. We had a lot of classes together. And this was not like, a, oh, every once in a while I'm not there. He was never there. And it just totally, like, he shook my entire core belief system because I'm like, you go to school, you work hard, you get the job. And Brad's like, I'm going to do great without going to class. And I've never figured it out. But here he is crushing it. And I'm so proud of him. And so, I don't know, I was talking to our, our mutual friend, Lauren, about that last week. And I'm like, oh, I still yeah. don't understand how Brad just never went to class. Like it, uh, 10 years later, it's still bothering me. So he knew all the daughters of the professors. That's what it was. No, that's no. what the deal was. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna go that far, but I guess, one. I guess the lesson <laughs> here is there's more than one route to success. And even though I happen to like the traditional one in the class one, uh, what's important is that you find your passion. But yeah, get that video of Brad making his college decision on the get show. That's oh my goodness. Oh yeah. And then clip it and put it on social media. So oh yeah. There, well, I assure you, there will be a lot of people from the Dallas area and even the Austin area, the UT alumni base, who are very excited that that's resurfacing. Uh, you wow. know me. You know me so long, Jory. Like, thank God those stories were what they were. Because when you said I have two Brad stories, I'm like, oh, <laughs> this could be a problem. No, but no, they're stories, like relative. Like, yeah. understand the level I'm going for here. Uh, you're Thank the you best. so much for joining us. You Talk bet. Soon, so Jory. good to see you guys. You. All you right, too. bye. You too. There she goes. Jory Epstein, Yahoo Sports, senior NFL reporter, crushing it. Grew up with her in Dallas, longtime friend. She also went to Texas, started at the Daily Texan, and has worked the her way Daily up. Daily Texan. Yeah. No, she's worked her way up, and, and she's crushed it, man. Like, there are, you know. I, I don't know if other people do this, but like I compare myself to people that I went to school with and graduated with. And it's like part of me is like, I want to I want to be the most successful of uh, of the people that I went to school with. And uh, yeah, I, she's she's got me beat. She's crushing it. Yeah, Well, I do the same and I'm better than all of those that I graduated with. Believe I think me. Every, everyone else is dead. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to do that from 10 feet under, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry yeah. Yeah. That. I think so, but uh, yeah, there you go. For anyone who never believed me when I said I didn't go to class in college. Yeah, no, Jory and Lauren, that girl she brought up and a couple of other people, like I owe my degree to them because they were, you know, giving me notes and telling me what I was missing. So they allowed me to just be a total D-gen for four wow. years at UT. But we'll get that video. We'll get the get uh, that video of the hats. I, I feel like like way back towards the start of my radio career, we we put it up on the uh, never station. saw it. Bring that cornball thing out, will you? Oh, dude, I was, I think I think I was wearing like a a white tee, like a blazer, basketball shorts. I had like a clip on tie, and I had yeah four or five hats on in front of me, making the uh, the least anticipated college decision. Yep, of you all do time. belong with Zay and Trey. You guys, now, need how, how is that the same? You need to be the triplets. How how are those Come two on. things related at all? Those two guys swapping spit and me saying where I'm going to college. How are with those hats, related? With hats and garments. Come on. I like I like it though. I need to see that. I haven't seen it. There you go. That was 12 years ago. People change. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. People, People change. change. People change, but not you. I love Good. that.
Goodness. Oh. Quick shout outs before we hand it off to Chaos Theory. Woods Comfort Systems. Yes. If, if, your heater, if your heater's not working, call them. Get them out to your place. They will fix you up. WoodsComfortSystems.com. They've been in business for going on 68 years now. They know what they're doing. The best HVAC and plumbing that you can find. WoodsComfortSystems.com. Hey, by the way, I am going to get to Jack Allen's today. There you go. I'm going to have some. Guess what I'm going to have? Some gumbo. Uh-oh. the gum bros. The gum bros. Yeah, no uh, no sharing spoons or spit. No, please. no, thank you. But I'm thank going. Thank you very much. Love, uh, love Olipop as well. Shout out to them. And shout out to Top Gun, our buddy Brandon Mars. The new location open in Buda, down south. If you need to get something done this weekend before it gets really, really cold, get the tools. You can rent them for a day, for a couple of days, or you can buy them. They've got the biggest selection, the yes, best indeed. brands. Great prices, great service. Topgun.net. We will shoot you straight. I think Trey and Zay need that. They need to be shot straight, if you know what I mean. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. No, there's nothing wrong with that. You're right. That's where you bowl. I mean, you're right. if you're right-handed and you're bowling left-handed, nothing wrong with that. No, they are married, though, so that's that's more of my issue. Well, it's not that's good. going across state lines and cheating. That's not good. An important question here from Michael C., and we'll bring a double R and Wags on to help us answer this. If two men are intimately <laughs> touching knuckles. Is that considered loose <laughs> knuckle? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'll tell you. Um, oh, that, that, that is the subject that just won't go away. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, guess what, Wags? BK what? is going to what? board a plane, and I'm telling him, bring that porta potty doll with you. Doll? Where it, bl- where it blows yeah, up I and thought it was a, in the I thought, aisle with it. I thought it was, a, what are we talking about, Buddy the Shitter? I thought it was just a little. <laughs> buddy, buddy the was, Shitter. I thought we were just pulling a little commode, like yeah, a little porta potty. You didn't know we were talking about Buddy the Shitter. Oh, we got no, Buddy man. the Shitter? Oh, that's a great one. That's exactly what I'm going to call my new idea. Buddy, the, thank you, Wags. Buddy Lee, Buddy the Lee the Shitter. Buddy Lee? Buddy Lee commercials? The little, <laughs> the little doll you guys. that went around? After these months, I am never going to fly again. That is a great idea, Wags. Thank you for that. That is yeah. no, it's not. How quick I mean, should I get that out? I mean, who do I go to? Who would be who would be a part of that with me? Well, we got to get in touch with creative. Creative at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Uh, oh. they they can make things happen. We'll get yeah. in touch with our creative department here and okay. we'll just get it off the hook. Oh man. So okay, do I bring my sex doll on the plane as a carry-on or is it's that not a, a doll? Oh, not a okay. You keep it's saying already buddy. inflated. It's buddy. Uh, not a doll. Okay. Okay. It can't be inflated. If if you could probably get it in your suitcase if you keep it not well, blown gonna, up. If you don't get, you, if you don't give it a blow aisle? job yet. You can fold it up and put it in the <laughs> You can put it in the aisle and then let it blow up. Is That's a you good. Bring it with you. you know what? You can be in the mile high. You can be in the mile high. Uh, it's only it like the oxygen mile you know, high, though. The oxygen just kind of pops itself down. Your 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 doll can just just pull up right in front of you. But then you got to go to the aisle. You have to sit in the aisle. The folks have to. You got to have people like this. Oh, look at that! That's like that woman taking a shit or, or taking a piss, whatever she was doing. Yes. <laughs> That's where we got to oh. go back to that one right there, guys. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Bucky, you ready for the cold, my man? It, it's going to get cold. It's yeah, already got, fucking cold, right? I got I, it. I, mean, I got my gear. I got my pipes are about to be wrapped. I found something in Home Depot that wraps around the PCP pipe. It just wraps around it, keeps it warm so that we've got a couple days. We'll be okay, though. 
Daytime highs out. are all right. Daytime highs are all right except for one day. BK told me it's freezing at night and freezing during the day. That's the one that'll get you. Hey, you know, it, yeah. it was like 50 degrees this morning. Now it's like 38. Well, oh, that wind, wind is awful. I mean, this wind is out of control. Where's this coming from? It, it's like, um, you know, I, I couldn't sleep last night again, three nights in a row. So I was kind of watching weather and they're like, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great day. I walked out and it's, it's cold. It's windy guys. It's windy out there. What's oh, there's shit flying. I mean, empty buckets. I had a bucket outside. I could hear that thing rolling around all last night. That bucket. I mean, I'm, the wind was howling. I don't sleep well when, with the wind because I always think there's somebody creeping and it's not just yeah. the wind, you know? You got How one you eye open. To your bed? Well, I have one eye open. I got one eye open on my wife. She's got her piece right beside the bed. I'm like, she's thinking something's going on. If I make a move, I'm going to get it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm checking out that her reflexes aren't, you know, like jumping over, grabbing something and thinking there's somebody else in the house. Yeah. I live out here in the woods, brother. I, anything that makes a move out here, it either has to be shot or it's going to be thought about being shot. You know what I'm Dude, saying? Oscar Pistorius Godbolt over here, man. <laughs> I, I want to tell you guys, uh, BK, before you go. Is he still around? Is, is Oscar Pistorius? He, just got, he got out of jail. He got out of jail. They let him that out. He was out. They yeah, because he shot a robber in his house. It just happened to be his out. wife. His wife. Yeah, his well, she shouldn't have been robbing his place. Dude, how did right. that guy just do eight years and he's out? I mean, I know. Did he murderer? Guy, the yeah. guy's a hero. Home wrecker. Yeah. He's a home wrecker. Yeah. He's something. Yeah, no kidding. I got to tell you, BK. What was your question? Yeah. BK, after talking to uh, you, were talking to Jory right there, what she was talking about with you and your college career. Remember, we were walking through the Superdome. Tracy and I were behind you. And I said, um, I said, people are looking at Brad and Tracy and I, and they're like, look, he brought his parents to the game. Uh -oh. I'm a very proud parent of you, my man. Yeah. Uh, I taught you well. I want to see those class. hats. I want to see him doing the trick with the hats. Oh, no, not that. Oh, it, here it is. It's the UT hat. That is so cornball. I love it. I, mm. I love it. That was back in the day, though. I guess you could be corny back in those days. Hell, what it was only five years What ago. happened? He I chose think, where he was I going to, from high school, just like he was a five-star. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did okay. that with the hats. You know that? Yeah, I was a five-star. I was a five-star journalism recruit, and I was one of the five stars who did get developed by Texas. That's a big deal. Okay. Well, you should have gone and gone to Syracuse and helped them develop. No, no, too many, too many Jews up there. I didn't need. <laughs> well, when you're developing under the strong program or under, well, no, it was strong. You were developing under the strong program, not the Herman program. So. Yeah, That's, yeah. I got, I got the end of Mac and uh, Charlie. So yeah, good times, good times were had by me. That's a, that's how we all did when we came to Texas Sports Unfiltered. We had you know, caps from the zone, the other place, KLBJ, and we're like. Texas Sports Unfiltered. I'm going to Texas Sports Unfiltered. Man. There you go. That's the move. All right, fellas. I got to go pack and hopefully not have to deal with shit on an airplane later. So, Court of oh, bring, great... bring it, little Buddy Lee. Buddy the <laughs> shitter. Buddy the shitter. <laughs> Y'all have a great weekend.